We're ready to go. Hello, this is the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast. We're brought to you as always by 121 Media and MGA. We're here to discuss the blues, of course, and geez, it brings us no pleasure to be doing that. Tell you what. Wow. We'll get to that and more. Uh, we're joined, of course, by Tim Davis. Your appearance streak is second only to mine on the podcast <laughs> of late. You've returned from Point Leo, wherever the hell you were, rejuvenated. Correct. Oh, I thought you were going to add no, something else just, there. No. Yeah, no, good break with the family. I got nothing um, else for you. No, no, we lots of fun down there. Enjoyed our time. Kids are still on school holidays, which is not really a good thing. <laughs> but uh, you're not happy with that at all. Oh, look, having them around is great, but you is know, it? well, Elise and I are still trying to work at the same time as they're having a school holiday, and they will get bored. And bored kids are not good kids. Bored kids these days, there's absolutely no excuse. Even for someone my vintage, like you think about growing up, there were occasions where there was nothing to do. They don't. There's nothing on TV, etc. They're not used to having nothing to do. They, there is always something to do, whether it's whether it's a phone or an iPad or an Xbox. God forbid they read a book or something like that. Mm. Paddy's not bad at playing Maybe with something. an audio book, potentially. <laughs> I, I'm keen on... Reducing the tech, not adding it. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Because if you're consuming written media, I don't care if someone's reading it to you. <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, bored kids aren't always good kids. So no. But we're getting through though. But um, yeah, we're, we're surviving. All is well. Excellent. And big news, Timbo. He's back. It's the Funk Soul brother. <laughs> He's back. He put in a solid performance on our development podcast. He worked his way back into the selection mix. He says he isn't, but he's funkier than Motown. That's for Baganash. Buongiorno, ragazzi. Uh, how are we all? Yeah. You managed a wry smile when that started playing. <laughs> I like the song. Yeah, so do I. It's a 90s banger, technically. Fatboy Slim had that little little period there where, you know, there was a couple of bangers in a row. Um... Yeah, that's no, good to be back. It's definitely a 90s banger. Oh, yeah. Right Here, Right Now is probably my favourite. But I think that has connections to, like, I think it was a, a soccer ad back in the late 90s for Adidas. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Sounds like it would. Yep. How have you been otherwise? You maintain you're not in a funk, but you are. I'm, I'm definitely not in a funk. Tim? You actually look good today. Like, I, when you jumped out of the car and I had a look at you, I, I thought you looked... You look good. You look free and happy. And Is it a deliberate choice to be wearing Danny Zuko's track top? <laughs> oh, the one. You know, the one where, where he does jog, the hurdles. Where he's jogging yeah. and all. <laughs> His run is brilliant. It's like We've spoken about this. Almost certainly we've spoken on pod about this before. Why was Danny Zuko trying to letter in anything a week before graduation? And why was he allowed to? He, was, he just wanted that, uh, that cardigan. You know, he did. But this is the beauty, isn't it? He wanted to be something that he wasn't and right. Sandy wanted to be something that she wasn't when they were what they needed all together, all along. Well, that's what got them together in the summer. 
no, exactly right. Just being Summer themselves. Some love it happened because they were themselves. They were being themselves. Yeah, they they dropped weren't the facade. They weren't trying to be something different at the school. You know, they weren't trying to put on an act. Yep. And then Danny decided, like Coach Calhoun, what a madman. We've spoken about this man in the past. If Danny Zuko had come to me and said I want a letter in wrestling or whatever, I'd say, Danny, you're graduating in a week. Why? We're not even competing. We don't point. need you. It's a good point. We're Foul ball. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing anything. We don't have any intramural track meets. We don't have any kind of – we don't have anything, Danny. I've never actually considered that, but I love the point that you're making. It's but just madness. It is. It is. You just wanted to ring that victory bell, of course. Yeah, that's exactly right. It kept getting smashed. Um, what do you reckon? Uh, you, you were a subscriber to the Greece, the theory that they actually died in a car crash? When they're going up near – I don't know if they died in a car crash or the whole thing was just a bit of a dream or, or what. Or someone died at the beach. Or there was one of the theories is someone drowned at the beach and it's actually a, a dream. Mm. Because the car, the car gets airborne at the end. But then there's Greece too, which I've never seen. Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, apparently. Yeah. So there's no, there's no carryover characters or anything? I'm, I've never seen it. I just know that principal, Michelle Pfeiffer's principal in Principal probably. Probably that, the, the office staff, that, maybe. That could be the homework for the week is uh, Grease to... There's an, actually no, a, a new... Timbo, I fail. I'm not going to watch Grease to... <laughs> the, fir- the, the Grease, hopefully we're not... People are probably listening to this going, get to the footy. Um, <laughs> we don't want to. Trust want... me, people this week are going, get to the footy. <laughs> I guess, because I want to hear what they have to say about Grease. Um Absolute classic. Greece. Oh. <coughs> Good segue. Shout out to our Orthodox yeah. listeners. It's yeah. their Easter this Is it week. Easter? There you go. Yeah. Cl- classic film. And um, no did, I, did either of you see the, geez, it would have been 10 years ago now, where they did the Grease Live? The Julianne Hoff. Huff. Huff. Whatever her name is. Yeah. Um, Adrian Veidt or something was the, yeah. was Danny. Nah, it was all right. It was, it was on Channel 9. It was great. Yeah. I liked it. What, was I it like, like it. A, Moving um, from stage to stage, it was all done in. It was one... it was live, so yeah. they did this. They did a like a musical, a number, you know, musical production, but it was broadcast live. There we go. And it was it was really well. It was really well done. She was going out with Ryan Seacrest at one stage. Yeah. Very um, very very wealthy man. Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. There you go. Like you look at him from afar and you go, oh, this is the guy who used to, not host, but he kind like he was like a. He hosted American Idol. American Idol. And then he had he his own. really hosting. It was just he kind had of a radio the, show as well, yeah. nightly radio show. You don't realise how much he... He prop- was like the Casey Kasem of the... How much property audience. he owns. No, well, he produced as well uh, the uh, Kardashians. Kardashians. Uh, so it, he's a very, very, very wealthy so man. So he's to blame. <laughs> well, exactly right. telling people he's that these he's people he's are interested. a really good job, yeah. I almost yeah. watched, because I'm a Blink-182 fan, I, the Disney do the Kardashians now on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I opened it up the other day and there was a big banner for like Courtney and Travis's wedding or something. And I, I was... You know that's not going to last. Oh, probably not. But I was <laughs> oh, so... Shit. Part of it was so stupid. I saw the thing and I was like, geez, do I have this in me? It goes for like an hour 40 or something. I was like, fuck. I, I just want to see if Mark and Tom are there. You <laughs> did it. You no, no, I haven't, I haven't. I was like, do I, I just want to fire it up and just skim through just to see if the, the boys are there. When Trav was married to Shana Mokler, they had a TV show on... Uh, they did on and the um, Blink- MTV. Blink One Eight Two did. It was a, actually quite good. Um, Blink One Eight Two did a cover of Another Girl, Another Planet for the intro of that, which was actually a bit of fun. It was actually not a bad cover. It was coming off the back of the and the best, still the best to me, apart from Jersey Shore, which is I like Jersey Shore because it's pure trash. The situation, um, Ronnie. It started off with Snooki. Newlyweds, which was 
Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. Nick yeah. Lachey. Nick Lockie. And that was <laughs> that was always good to have on in the background, especially on the weekends doing, you know, uni assignments and that type of stuff. You're gonna have a bit of a perv on Jessica Simpson as well, didn't you? Oh, it was prime Jessica Simpson too. Absolutely. So um Yeah. There's actually did you see this? You a- heard my Jessica Simpson story? No. Oh, it's not really a story. You know how Spotify I know you're an Apple Music guy. I am. It's superior. At the end of the year, Spotify gives you it's kind of like a Instagram story on the app where it goes through your year in review and it goes these were the genres you listened to and these were your top artists, these were your top songs. Obviously something's gone wrong with the algorithm. <laughs> obviously, said, obviously he wrote it. And it had Adam Chera. Um it had at number 1, it had Kanye West, which I'd reckon would be accurate. And then it had Jessica Simpson. If I heard a Jessica Simpson song or played a Jessica Simpson song, do you share it with Kelly? What the the results? The account. No, nah, different logins. Okay, so it's one account with four logins. So no, nah, Kelly's got her own. Was there cross pollination? Maybe she was no. logged into the wrong one by no, accident. No, no, Kelly wouldn't listen to Jessica Simpson anyway. She's probably listening to Jessica Simpson right now. No, nah, boots are made for walking. That one she did for Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Kelly loves Elvis, and I don't mind that, right? But it's the Doors and all that other crap that she listens to. Doors are great. Kelly loves the fifties and the sixties as well. It's just it's all right. I love fifties, like I love fifties rock and roll, like the Bobby Fuller Four and like um, Dion and the Belmonts. <laughs> yeah, I just like like yeah, all the you know the, the day the music died, it didn't. It lived on. Um, but I love yeah, like yeah, Bobby Fuller Fours. They're, they're great. Uh, Chuck, of course. The great man. Del Shannon had the uh, Runaway. That was a good song. Yeah. So that's why I don't I, mind upbeat stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but, I'm um, with you. That's why I like... The uh, stuff that Daryl Cotton used to sing on um, the <sighs> early bird show. I'll give you a Daryl Cotton story. My <laughs> godbrother. So my parents' my parents' godson, Simon, right, who, we, we, apart from having a family connection... Is that weird? Does anyone mates? find that weird that, like, your related nephew, cousin, etc., and godfather? No, no. So they're, they're, not, just, just they're not related, so they're just... But he's your cousin, isn't he? No, different Simon. It's Simon Minitti, is it? That is Simon Minitti. Shout out. He's not going to be listening. Um, And so when he was young, so because he's my parents' godson, you know, my, oh, poor Simon. Oh, I love Simon. Everything's for Simon. He feels like he's been harboring some pent up resentment. No, no. He was was in the the Victorian schoolboys choir. Okay. Whatever. And he did a Christmas album. Him personally? He, as part of the choir. Okay. With Daryl Cotton. Fuck me. Mum, because Simon was on it, like she could pick out when he was singing anyway, every Christmas, where is the Daryl Cotton cedar? And she'd play it and she'd play it and she'd play it until I got to about 14, 15 where I, I grew the balls and threw the fucking thing in the bin because it was just so... So if Sophie is thinking she might clean the house out today and potentially find... Oh, it's been years. Simon's in his 30s now. So <laughs> I'm just saying this was... I reckon Sophie every year is seeing that I, I will find that CD. Does she know you threw it away? I've told her now. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that's good. Did she? At did the start, I didn't have the balls to tell her. Oh, that was geez, me. What a mystery. Where is it? But, you know, then Kelly came into the family and was like, oh, yeah, we used to have this CD. I was like, no, I got rid of it. It's gone. <laughs> <Took care of. laughs> Don't try and find another one. Long enough it passed. Far out. Daryl Cotton Christmas Carols with the Victorian Schoolboys Choir. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was in the mix, but we didn't we didn't do. It. I don't know why we didn't progress. You know when they were doing those Qantas ads with the choir, still call Australia. Home. Yeah, yeah. I was sort of I fucking probably wouldn't have been in it. But one of the guys at school they would have flown you to Uluru. No, one of the guys at school did. It. He went to LA. Oh wow! Yeah, he was one of the. Didn't like, they sing it at the top of Uluru, which you can't do now? Yes, I think they well. Think, it was a good ad. Yeah, it was a good Bad. ad. Great yeah, ad. Great. But he yeah he went to like LA and he might have gone somewhere else, and I was sort of like in. I don't know how the process worked, but like we did the same audition and stuff. So you were in the choir too? No, well, I don't know how, I can't even remember how it worked. I didn't know, I don't even know why they came to Templestowe Park Primary School, but it was this weird thing where he ended up going on this this thing. Who was the guy with the maracas you sang the. Peter Allen. Peter yeah. Allen. So he, it's his song, isn't it? I think so. Yes, it yes. is. Mm. There's a great story when um, Hugh Jackman obviously played The Boy from Oz. Yep. And he, he had done it, done it, done Oklahoma or whatever, and then he does Wolverine, which is his claim to fame, and it bursts him into the international conscience and whatever. Um, and then he was did something else, did bits and pieces, and then he – this is at the height of his Wolverine fame, said he was going to do The Boy From Oz. You know, I really love doing it. I've done it in Australia and I'm really looking forward to bringing the production to wherever they were in the UK or the US. And then he said, just a word of warning, he goes – if anyone knows me as Wolverine, don't come and see this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this is not the same thing. I was telling Pete and George the other day, and they didn't believe me. We're talking about Hugh Jackman. It might have stemmed from a Wolverine conversation. And I said, oh, yeah, do you remember the movie? And I couldn't remember the name of the movie I since have. And I said, he, he plays this guy who's got testicles on his throat. That's a... Um it's like movie 42. 40, 40, yeah, it's 40, a bunch 40. of sketches and vignettes. And, yeah. yeah. They thought, and I'm describing it, <laughs> and they thought, you're taking the P1SS. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's this thing, he's with Kate Winslet, and he's got testicles in place of his like Adam's apple type mm. thing. And um, the film so, so did a, not it's work. It's a piss take on Linda Lovelace as Deep Throat. No, so well, so that's well, it has to be. No, the movie is a bunch of like sketches mm, starring yeah. very, very famous people, and it just for whatever reason it just did not work. It's actually quite an old sort of idea. It's like a conceit they would have done history of the world, whatever yep. they would have done forty years ago, and it's like, oh, Hugh Jackman's in the next one, and oh, yeah, and whoever's in the next one after that, and it it just wasn't very good, and it just didn't work. Mm. I think there might have been eight stories, and maybe one and a half of them were. The decent. Mm. Yeah, the Hugh no. Jackman one, you look at it and you go, what is going on? And he gets soup on his nuts. And it's like, and she, but like, what's the everyone, cons- it's like, Kate wins. It's like, does, am I the only one who notices that he has testicles in his throat? Was the concept that, that they were his actual testicles? Yeah, because he gets, it gets knocked. Yeah. And then he's like, he holds his, his, yeah. his tummy. And he's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> He's been hit in the throat. Yeah. He holds his tummy. So it wasn't like a Peter Griffin. <laughs> Peter Griffin's chin just looks like a ball sack. No, it was his actual anatomically. His his genitals were where they were rather than where they should be. I recently watched the episode <laughs> Champagne Comedy. It's fair to say of Family Guy where they they do they're trying to win an Emmy and they just kind of go through different. They they play Breaking Bad. They play The Simpsons. They play. They basically do a you know, diverse range of things to try and win an Emmy. It's quite a good episode. Mm, I'll take your word for it. Um, Prenda DJ last week. Prenda DJ is, what was it? It was I Can Change by Brandon Flowers from the brilliant album The Desired Effect. Absolutely fantastic album. I'm a Killers fan, so I was always going to like it. But um, genuinely, if you haven't ever heard of it, and a lot of people haven't, which is fine because it was a solo album, fucking good listen. 
really, really strong album. What are you writing down there, Tim? I'm just a couple of little notes to myself about what we're going to talk about. Oh, so. I was hoping you were writing down, listen to the desired effect per, per Sean's recommendation. Um, so, yeah, it was I Can Change, you and Morton, Tim W and Adrian Salerno. Um, this one can go one of two ways. Could be Fab promising to commit to the pod more or way two could be just Carlton changing into ruthless killers. Um, Tim had said Carlton can change. After halftime, they played a faster game than North can play. It errors <coughs> came and they took control. And Ewan said... Um, game style after halftime, which we could do it more often, blah, blah, blah. And that is 100%. Yeah, but that, to address the Fabian commitment issue. Ewan also said, is it that Fabian has stopped appearing on the pod because yeah, he's changed um, to being a my, Collingwood supporter? My wife was in yeah. hospital. This last week? Or no, no, I'm saying these, these are, these are yeah, my... Yeah, my the build-up. My yeah. grandmother had passed away. Correct. Um, and last week was Easter... So it's obviously a very difficult time to find. I'm just a, trying to see if I have a violin sound. So the, that. mate, it, that's it. Every every other time, and the other time I was I had a, a massive um, flare up. Yep. But I did it remotely, so I don't have a violin on the mixer. To those out there questioning my my commitment, get fucked. I'd say question away. To be honest. <laughs> ha! You need me, Timbo. <laughs> Here we go. No, 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 no. All right. We ready to go? We know the rules here, Timbo. You got a 50-50, yeah? Yep. Actually, you know what? I'll give you a 50-50 or a phone a friend, yeah? Yeah, okay. Okay. We ready? The Nintendo Entertainment System was first released in Japan as the Famicom on July 15, 1983, with three launch titles. Which of the following four games was not available for the console at launch? Is that clear? Yes. Which one was not available? So of the four, three were, one wasn't. Yes. Gotcha. He's getting fucking made. He's getting the hang of this. A. Donkey Kong. B. Mario Brothers. C. Donkey Kong Jr. Or D. Popeye. One. Of those was not available at launch. I'm going to say, Sean, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm going, to tr- immediately, <laughs> I'm going to immediately trigger one of my lifelines because I am a coward. <clears throat> what year were you born, for, uh, Fabian? 1981. Would have been a very early adopter of the Famicom come Nintendo Entertainment System. We're going to run with a 50-50, thanks, Sean. You're going to run with the 50-50? Fi- you're not going to have a chat to Fab? Fab Fab is probably more attuned to the um, the the tech. See, I was I wasn't a big sort of gamer growing up or anything else like that. So there, I I do have faith that there's every chance that Fabian uh, may be more aware. Yep, but you're not going to use him. I I would just like to think that I'm good enough to be able to get it into. <laughs> no, I'm, and I'm fascinated to see what's going to get knocked out. To be honest, so so you've used your fifty fifty. Yep. The 50-50 is knocked out. A, Donkey Kong. Of course it has. And D, Popeye. Fuck me. Okay. I wonder if this sound bite will loop. I tried to have it loop so it will just keep going. It pauses and then it loops. Yeah. Like that. I'll, yeah. Clean those, I'll clean that start up so it's okay. a seamless, more seamless loop. Look, my immediate thinking when you asked the question was if you've only got three 
could you have both Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr.? Yep. Or does that make up two-thirds of your catalogue and is therefore that <laughs> it's, it's, too much? His maths are correct. Is 66.6% is of your catalogue being Donkey Kong too much Donkey Kong? Yeah, correct. What I, what I thought was, did Mario Brothers come along later? was what I originally thought. Yep. And so the fact that it remains an option at the moment has me fascinated. And I honestly didn't know what role Popeye played in the whole grand scheme of things. I didn't even know if it was one of their titles. So mm. clearly it was because yep. it's been eliminated. So the question is, did we open with Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr.? And did Mario Brothers come later or did Donkey Kong Jr. come later? What do the Japanese people like? <laughs> Other than sushi. What does the Japanese market want? Mm. What was not... Okay, Truly? I am locking in B. Mario Brothers was in. not on the Famicom. They were all in on Donkey Kong. Okay, you're locking in... I'm locking in B. He's locked in B. Mario Brothers. Fabaganoush, did you have an answer? Did you have a? I had, I had an answer. I've been watching documentaries on this stuff. Should have asked the man. I've gone, <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole from early gaming and Ataris and all that, all the way to the new PlayStation and stuff. I watched a two-hour documentary on this shit, Tim. There's actually an excellent documentary about the Xbox. I think it's called Power On, which is I've spoken about it before. But if anyone wants to watch it, B Mario Brothers is correct. Mario Bros. was an arcade game he's which fallen, made its way to the Famicom but wasn't there. He's fallen ass backwards into the right answer again. <laughs> and uh, not to confuse it, it's not Super Mario Bros., the game that everyone's familiar with. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. Calls, everyone calls it Mario I 1. was half thinking that, yes. That's Super Mario Bros. So naturally a part of the Mario franchise. Obviously, though, a spin-off of Donkey Kong owing to mm. Jumpman and his appearance in Donkey Kong. That's right. Eventually became Mario. Uh, like the majority of the titles in the nascent era of home consoles, Mario Brothers was an arcade or cabinet game ported to the NES following its arcade launch in June of 1983. It eventually was launched on the Famicom on September 9th, 1983. So not too long after. So like four months, two months um, later. And that was actually six weeks after it was launched, funnily enough, on the Atari. There we go. So it was actually on the Atari console before it was the Nintendo console, despite being a Nintendo game. What Eggsy, Eggsy slash Elton John, what's his name? Taron Egerton. You're talking Ed about Tetris. Ed Egerton. Is that on Apple? Yeah. Okay. I might have to subscribe. Uh, that that yeah. looks interesting. Have it you seen it? No. Well, no interest in watching that. No, it looks, I, I like a bit of – I like movies that have history. Mm -hmm. While we're on the topic of um, Mario, have you seen the Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> Saw it on Saturday. Yep. Gold class? Much to Sean's chagrin, I watched it in Gold Cast. Yeah, the boys just love the opportunity to have people bring them their food for the yep. first time in their lives. Um, they said the movie's not running long, so they'll bring all the food out at the start. It's 90 minutes. Which is yeah. fine. So dad ate, dad being me. Then dad slept. <laughs> and then there was a scene at the end where in the, in the, they're in the street in Brooklyn. I was like, okay, I've missed most of this. <laughs> so have I seen Mario Brothers? Allegedly, my yes. body has. <laughs> my mind, it's. I, I reckon the last vivid memory was the. Do you snore? Initial, no, initial <laughs> well, training. How would he know? The initial training sequence with Princess Peach. Yep. And Mar that, That's it. That's about 10, 40 20, minutes in. Yeah. 
Maybe, not even. So the whole thing of them going to get Luigi, I, I, I don't know. They didn't really get Luigi. He just ended up getting captured and brought back to them. Okay. I've got some thoughts. I went and saw early, it. Early on, just my initial thought was, what's the little mushroom guy's name? Toad. Toad. He was quite funny. Um, I always find it interesting. Keegan-Michael Key voiced Toad, but his voice was modulated in such a way that you could wouldn't have, know. Could so have been anybody. Like, what's the point? Yep. Um, no, my, my thoughts on Mario Brothers, having seen it, was I didn't really go for it. It's not for me. I thought it looked good. I liked the animation style. And I thought they probably did it the wrong way. Like I remember I was sitting there watching it and I thought there's two ways you can make a movie like this, the way you've done it, which is just a series of vignettes. Here's a throwback to the original game and here's a throwback to Mario Kart and here's a throwback Donkey to Kong. Donkey Kong and here's a throwback to Super Smash Brothers. This is, yeah. this is the on-screen version of all of these properties and moments, which is what they did. Or... Just make like a completely fresh Mario adventure, which is like canonically a sequel to everything else, where he just wakes up. And remember when Spider-Verse did it brilliantly, where all the Spider-Men, they kind of threw back to moments from that were in the movies or the comics or, you know, geez, I'm Spider-Man and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. Just have Mario do that and be like, I've had a pretty, pretty strange, crazy life. You know, I've, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've been to space and have like little throwbacks to all the games and stuff. And then by the time he gets to his front door and out the front door, what's the day got in store for me today? And it's a completely new adventure. Mm. And it's its own original, like all the games are, all the games are their own original stories. There'll be, there'll be sequels and, and they're perhaps, I don't know. Has, uh, didn't it make like $380 yeah, well. million dollars in it's the opening? It's Mario Brothers, mate. Yeah. Like as, as big as Mario and Super Mario was for the, for the um, NES when we were growing up, Every game the kids play, Mario's on it. Someone's yeah. got this. Well, that's summer. what I was going to say. Mario will be successful. Mario's regardless. just as big now as he was when well, we were kids. I saw if a not tweet. Bigger. Someone was like disparaging this this idea of like who's excited about this movie or why would anyone care about this movie? And um, I, I do like a lot of the content that this guy does, but I tweeted him and said, "Look, it's pretty easy. So since Mario burst onto the scene, the character and the IP has re- retained a place very prominently in pop culture for every single." Generation, I was going to say generations and sub generation. Yeah, yeah. Since day one, go every single generation has a touch point of yeah. Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers Two, Yoshi's Island, Mario Kart, Mario Odyssey. Sunshine. Every time they release a new console, Mario, Mario is the hero, and the, that that edition of Mario and, and that game is the hero game it's of like that system. This yeah. idea that Mario has gone away, Mario has not gone away for a day. No, since its inception, my kids, it, it, Mario is literally apart from. Minecraft is in every bloody game they play. Yeah. So what you've created there too is you've got our kids. Is it a wog thing? Oh. oh. <laughs> Did he use oh. the W word? Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> That's just genuine question. Just came an early not, 90s. Not being facetious. But, <laughs> an early uh, 90s inner city uh, <coughs> playground just for a moment there at recess, Timbo. Timbo? Is it an ethnic thing? You're, you're on a yellow card. <laughs> um, They're actually giving out no. white cards in the YJFL. Did you say that? What do you, know, I, uh, do you what know what I, I did... And I'm be, I've become a cynical prick. I, I'll admit that. But there's a, the opening scene is there. They're trying to be plumbers, right? And they talk. Mario and Luigi talk normal, but they do an ad for their plumbing yeah. business and their ham. That's and that's the the no, voice no. they have in the game. Hey, let's go. I'm going to say this early. Why didn't he say sorry? Just stop. I 100 percent agree with what you're going to say. But yeah. 
At one point, why didn't, he say, why didn't he say the line, here we go? I don't know. Weird. So, yeah, it's that's, the obvious even catch though, and, 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 and Chris Pratt and Rhett, I don't have an issue with them being married. Charlie Day? Right. However, if I was to say, oh, it's a very good uh, uh, sweet or sour pork, isn't it? that's racist. If, if I put on uh, uh, Indian, oh, da, 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 da. no, yeah. no, right. everything's racist. Taking the piss out of Italians is all right. <laughs> it's it's like no, it's fucking unacceptable. But I'm is it? But is it? I'm is Mario you. though? Mario's not really like he's a caricature. Yeah, because they're Americans. Yeah, like he's a caricature, and it's sort of like I think that people have their people sort of relax the allegations you're leveling at Mario because it's like, but we know that that's not skewering Italian this people. Woke society that we live in. Decides to make rules and yet still have little bits of, you know, variations along the way. No. All in or none in. Mm. Which comedy is the loser in all this. If you want to... Uh, French. Fuck, you're allowed to go, ho, 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 ho. That's, that's acceptable. Oh, fuck, French. What are they? Horns? Ho, 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 ho. Pepe Le Pew. But the minute, <laughs> you know, God forbid you do a... A native accent of any description, fuck. Cancelled. A what? A native accent. Oh, okay. So This is taking a turn I didn't expect. No, it's it just, it's just exactly a double, right. st- double stand. And as I'm watching, I'm thinking, why, why do we let this go? Subconsciously as you Because we don't asleep. give a fuck is the answer. Well, clearly you do. No, and I'm saying <laughs> as, as, as a culture. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't, we're not easily offended like with things like that. Yeah. So, anyway. I don't necessarily disagree. One in, all in. Team. One in, all yeah. in. So after that, we're going to talk about the game itself now. Woo! What a beautiful, yes! <laughs> seamless segue. He's back and he's That came more through my, naturally <laughs> than it did through the speakers. That was loud. He's come, uh, come back and he's got a lot of things to say. He's missed a week and making up for lost time. He's tackling racism. He's tackling uh, the depictions of ethnic groups in um, major media outlets. Hollywood, yeah. Mate, he's... I've got a fair play to him. He's tackling the big issues. Um... The game itself. Mm. Mm. Carlton Adelaide or Mario Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, look, Did he warp zone in any – whilst I was asleep, was there any warp zone references? No, I don't think so. Okay. You, you went through the, the little the, You have to go and watch pipe. it again, mate. I suppose there is a bit of warp zoning because, you know, okay. when Peach will go down a pipe and then she'll pop up yeah. on the other side of like mushroom. I will say the, the 21st century trend of Mario's – Inept boob and Peach is a superhero. That's what I said to uh, Kelly's like, oh, because Kelly didn't grow up with it, with a game. And I'm like, no, Mario's going to rescue Peach. Not Peach is there to rescue Luigi all of a sudden. It's yeah. kind of like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Spot on. But and mind you, and it's, it's been she can my... still be Mate, she can, she can still be capable and strong and brave and yeah. all that. No problems. But there's this thing now in media where the guy's a complete fucking moron, yeah. uh, helpless, just idiot. Yep. Um, 100%. And the woman's the one saving the day. You're like, yeah, okay. I hate, I hate the fact that they made Luigi look like a dunce, honestly. Yeah. And every and people who follow me on Twitter would know. I, I, they didn't do enough with Luigi. Every year I update my... It's not emoji, what it's, are they called? It's, it's an avatar. It's my ape, avatar. It's aping me at the moment. It is. It's Luigi as Sean B. Much. <laughs> it's, um, they didn't do enough. I didn't think they did enough with the Luigi's Mansion side of things. 
Like they were clearly mm. so he's in this dark realm. That's kind of what it'll look like. Like, like that, they're doing Luigi's mansion. Yeah. That's fine, but it's like actually have something going on in the mansion. Yeah. That he's got to try to stop or whatever. I don't know. Um, All right, enough of Mario. Yeah, enough of Mario. We'll go now back to the match itself. (laughs) Um, Look, this performance and result has been coming for a very, very long time despite protestations that we're growing and learning and we'd be ready. We were embarrassed. Um, We were shown up. We were beat up. And we were left for dead by a hungry, enthused and very, very brutal Adelaide Crows. Unfortunately, as has become very common, we don't like talking about it, but we have spoken about it in the past and we have to speak about it again. We showed precious little in the way of fire and metal and desire and fight. Everything we feared, we still are and hope that we aren't. Unfortunately, that was laid bare in front of a public, very national audience. And I think that worse for me watching that game, we seemingly have no want to be more than where we are. We have no want to change or shake the stigma that we're soft and we're flaky and we're beatable. Everyone wanted Adelaide to burst our bubble. Everyone was there watching, waiting for Adelaide to burst our bubble, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, Any major or key takeaways from the night for either of you? Well, look, I I I didn't handle the performance well while watching it. I was most disappointed. And the reason I was most disappointed was our most disappointing performance last year was this fixture. And and our performance against Adelaide and Adelaide was deplorable. And if nothing else, I wanted to see that set to right. And we didn't. And It was worse. It was worse. Mm. And, and, and what was fascinating, and we touched on it last week, was we said, well, when are we going to play our style of footy? You know, we, we were happy to come out against North and be slow. They, they took the the momentum of the game and, and, and the initiative and had the intensity that they needed. And, and, and we were just a bit lax. And Matthew Nix and his coaching staff have gone, I reckon this mob, they're gettable early. And if we, if we bring the Blitzkrieg, we could punch holes in this mob. And, and, and as we've always said, there's a lot of teams in the AFL right now that have zero respect for us as a football club. And Matthew Nixon and his mates... 17 have got, of them, Tim. Yeah, 17 Matthew Nixon and his mates have gone, let's, have, let's, let's, just, let's just go you know, full court press or, or what, what, what they call it, the NFL, when they dial up the blitz and everyone goes yeah. the quarterback. Blitz all night. Yeah. Remember the Titans. That, that's, that's you, it, this is a... We're in sync today, mm. I'm telling you, because I'm coming back to that when I get a chance to well, unleash. Well, this is what happened. And, and, and they've just gone, about that, Let, let's swarm, let's go. And, and, and there's little things in football that shit me. Like, we all have the players that we love and, you know, Tommy Papley kicking six last night. It was fucking awesome. He turns it on. He's just awesome to watch. Ben Keys, fuck, he is not a foot. He's not much of a footballer. Vanilla and he, ice. He feasts. <laughs> he's vanilla ice. Isn't he? Jack Grealish, I've got he, he feasts on us every fucking time. And yep. I, I put a multi on and I had him in it. And I half thought... Should put him in for three. He's the Josh Thomas yeah, of Adelaide. Yeah, he is. And Tim, what you said there is spot on in the sense that Adelaide have watched us and Adelaide have seen what we all see. Yep. And, and we so we let's clearly see if we can take advantage. We of clearly it. can't see it because we're not doing anything to arrest it. <sighs> no. And then worse than that, we front up and get beaten by much the same tactics they employed against us last time, and they're just better at it now. So it was more yep. brutal. What about yourself, Fab? The glaring thing for me, and. <sighs> And it, it, 
much like Tim, I, I watched the first half at my parents and at quarter time, Harvey pulled out because Harvey's like, oh, can I stay and watch the game? School holidays, knock yourself out. So Harvey's with me. And by quarter time, he already had the, the crayons and stuff out. He was just drawing because Smart just, boy. That's funny because our match committee has the crayons <laughs> out every fucking Wednesday. Um, and I left at halftime and I called Tim. And I can, I can verify, when you ring Tim, Tim's bubbly, happy, even when he's going through shit. He'll brighten your day. He's being tortured by the Taliban. He's like, "Hey, how you going, buddy?" It was like it <laughs> was <boy>. like <laughs> it was like <laughs> I called <laughs> it was like I called Jake the Mus. Yeah, right. Tim was at the pub, le- legitimately, and I thought whoever's near the jukebox is about to get belted because Tim was not in a good mood, and I reflected that. And the first thing I get in the car, radio off. I gave Harvey the mobile. I said, "You just play." I'm just. I just need some. Alone time. And the thing that keeps coming through my head, Michael Voss. Now, I don't want to talk about, because we will unwrap this. Don't worry about tactics. Don't worry about game plan. Don't worry. How we play as a team, tactically, set it aside. Attitude. Attitude. Now, Michael Voss, the player, was a hard-ass prick who demanded... From his teammate as a captain, he's a, he was a brilliant captain, brilliant foot. Michael Voss was skilled and all that. But park that aside, he had aggression. He was always switched on and demanded everything from his team. He was actually so brutal that it belied how talented he was. He busted mm. his own leg through his yeah, own right. brutality. He's, people one day. look at it and go, "Oh, Vossi was tough." No, no, Vossi was skilled. But he, people don't. You're, Sean's right. You don't focus on that because everything else stands out. Much, much more. Now, I understand as a coach, you want to set up tactically game plan, all that in a certain way. Knock yourself out. However, going back to remember the Titans, Julius Campbell and uh, what was the other guy's name? Kip Perdue. Uh, Julius Campbell. Sunshine or something. No, no, no. The uh, quarterback. Uh, the guy that ended up the paraplegic? Yeah, Gary Bertier. Yeah, that's it. Bertier. Right. And he says to him, um, your attitude stinks, blah, blah, blah. And he says, attitude reflects leadership. 100%. Yes. Right? And it's correct. We should be, again, not tactically. People could just, just shut that off for a second. Attitude, application. We play much the way our leaders. Can I stop you there for one second? Because you're 100% right. And I've actually further on down the run sheet, I've got yep. this note. I've had a question for you. You put the thing on Twitter about – I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was something to the effect of he hasn't he's, – he's, Voss is – this is the start of he's losing the fans a little bit. Yeah, I, I just didn't say he lost his, the players. No, 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 I no, said no. he doesn't have the players. No, no. But that's obvious. The messaging that the, the natives are just we're – not, mm. we're not against the coach and we've not, no. he's not lost the fan base, but we're starting to unfortunately murmur and rumble a little yeah. bit. But I had the question for you here just skipping ahead and I thought I'll – you're very much talking about this at yeah, the moment. Yeah. A successful team is the embodiment of personification of its coach. We spoke about this at length with David Teague. He was passionless and passive, so the team was. Yep. The Carlton team that we are seeing on the field in 2023 and that we saw in the back part of 2022 is not Michael Voss. So the point I've got here is how disappointing is that? And secondly, you're not hiring Michael Voss to be this coach. No. You're hiring Michael Voss to get Michael Voss – Ruthless leader, uncompromising, 
That's what you're hiring. You're not Michael hiring Voss, the daycare fucking centre manager. Michael Voss is coaching, again, park tactics, right? From a messaging point of view, he's come in like Brendan Bolton. I gave Bolts three years of passes because you can't smash young kids. He was there regardless of what's happening. I've got to wrap my arms around these guys. I've got to nurture them, right? The rebuild coach, which I hope is wrong for Kingers' sake, but the rebuild coach is very rarely the coach that takes you to the promised land, right? Because he does all the shit work. Now, Vossi, you're not the rebuild coach, mate. That was Bolts. That was Teague. That was, that, they were the guys who, who got all the shit out of it. You're the guy who's there to take us to the next level. We bypassed Adam Kingsley, who was the strategy coach, the way that we... The, the, the style of football, understanding the modern game and all that sort of stuff because we said we wanted Vossi because of his, um, you know, everything that you've just said. You know, it's the attitude. Everything it's, we it, thought it's, we would get. To be emboldened and, and all this sort he's of stuff. He's been, you know, you know who else we... Because they, they offered the huge contract to Adam to be our senior assistant coach and Adam knocked it back. You so they, the still, they still wanted the strategy. Tim but they wanted the figurehead, and the figurehead ain't enough. The elephant in the room is not Adam Kingsley. It's Ross Lyon. The elephant in the room is Ross Lyon. Yeah, but that's only because he's played well against average sides. You knew what you were going to get. You knew what you were going to get. Absolutely. He was a known quantity. He was what he said on the tin. That's – we're not having a conversation here about – this is not the conversation about sacking Michael Voss, about losing faith in Michael no, no, Voss no, and moving Michael Voss on. No, we've made our bed. We've got to make this work 100%. Now. This is not that conversation. And, 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 and can I just say one thing before you go on? No. Thursday <laughs> – I love it. It's, it's a question. <laughs> Thursday, it's Thursday night's loss is going to be the most magnificent timestamp on our season and, and, and everything that, <laughs> that everything um, – from this point forward, we'll, we'll, hmm. we'll come back to. We're at the crossroads. We are because we have to do something different. This could be a catalyst it, it could for be, everybody. It could be the best thing that ever happened for to everyone. our football club and we may say that's the night that we said we don't want to do this anymore. You know what else it could be? It could be the beginning of the end. It could be the beginning of the yeah. end. And, and the question I've got for you, Tim, sorry, Faye, we'll get back. No, we're not calling for Voss's head. This is not what that conversation's about. This is a conversation about what does Michael Voss need to do to turn the ship around because we want him to turn the ship around. Absolutely, we um, do. I had quote the note here. I was watching the game and Voss is on the bench and he's keeping a cool head and I just thought, you know what someone needs to do? Someone needs to tell Vossi, we spoke about personality. Persona is another part of that. What's your persona as a coach? How effective is either with this particular group? And I've got the note here. Someone needs to walk up to Vossi and say, mate, it's later than you think. Yeah. That's not a warning. That's hopefully some advice that don't wait. I had the thing here that... Do you know who I see doing that if he hasn't done it by now? Diesel. Well, it's Diesel's decision. Diesel has to say... Oh, to be fair, I'm not. We spoke about it at the time. I, I think that was a bad decision as well. To be fair, Diesel as football to- director... I don't. Well, he ran. He ran his process. He did his interviews. He understood what was out there, um, and and he sought to assemble the best coaching group that he could based to on what take the football experience club and expertise is my question. But the thing I've got here is that it feels like for us and Vossi, Vossi, I've used this analogy before, but we're at the part of the movie where the protagonist has forgotten who he is, and all those great movies have it like Rocky in the gym with Apollo. Mm. 
And the audience knows he's going to there find... There is his, no tomorrow. But the audience knows that Rocky's going to find the eye of the tiger because what happens in the next 30 minutes if he doesn't? Because it's a shitty movie it's if it's It's a pretty not. shit movie yeah. if he doesn't. Because if he like, doesn't, we've written his song. We've written his, <laughs> it doesn't make any but sense. But this is it. Like, people, we're wait, that's what we're waiting for. He's at the part... I've used the one before in The Mighty Ducks where Gordon Bombay would go have a skate on the pond. He'd forgotten why he loved the game and he'd go have a skate on the pond and that would remind him. It was such a good beat. They did it in the second one. He was rollerblading instead because they were in California. Um, and then, the, like... So I'll the surf or ski. So it's, no, he was, uh, he, was just, he was just on some rollerblades. He was just cutting some laps and some concrete. Gush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Yeah. It is. But I had to follow up here. Hold on, hold on. Timbo, this is for Timbo. This is Gush. Gush. <laughs> um, is that when he had a big pile of Reeboks behind yeah. him? Yeah. And he's singing this shit, some shit song. Gushlash, Gushlash. <laughs> on his guitar. But I had the thing where there's this great... Uh, you were downstairs with the black fella. <laughs> That's what his dad says. I like this idea that he couldn't possibly have two clients. <laughs> it's like whatever. Um, there's this great story Mark Hamill tells about when he comes back and does the Star Wars sequels and one of the biggest problems with the Star Wars sequels is not giving the people, the fans, what they want. Mm. Is that they thought they'd be too clever and they thought they'd be too creative and they'd subvert expectations and they wouldn't give the people what they want. And Mark Hamill tells this great story about how he's reading the script for episode seven and he's going, I love everyone's roles except mine. <laughs> and he's flicking through this script. He goes, I love this because everyone, everyone but my role is really great. He goes, they get to the, the big finale at the end where Ray is fighting Kylo Ren in the snow and the lightsaber's in the snow and it's jiggling and he goes, this is it. Mm. So this is where I turn up. He goes, I haven't been in the movie. Where's Luke? They're trying to find Luke. This is the bit. The lightsaber's going to come out of the snow. It's going to come to me. I'm the hero. I'm going to come and save the day. He goes, I'm flicking through the script. Nope. He goes, I'm not in this scene at all. Anyway, the best thing that Disney Star Wars have done, the best thing, single-handedly, without peer, it's so far ahead and it's not funny, is when Return of the Jedi era Luke Skywalker rocks up in The Mandalorian and he's exactly what the audience wanted him to be. For 40 years. He rocks up and he's kicking ass. He's exactly what the audience wanted. It was too late. Yeah. It was too late because they'd already, mm. they'd already fucked the films. Yeah. It was like you watch it and you went, this is brilliant. But, but, that's, but it means nothing because what happens after this is because completely fucked this character. Yeah. And you look at Avossi, very thinly drawn analogy, but you go, don't wait too long yeah. to be the guy we want you to be, need you to be, know you can be. Who the guy you probably are. Not when your ass is on the line. Not when you're on the line. Because well, and, the, the, the and, challenge and you, now you is were what... very right in you know, when they said they, they they offered the gig to Adam because they, he, they want to load the assistant coaches with because he knew football. Yeah, but they want to load our assistant coaches with the tactical nows. They they and Vossi being at the bench, any coaches at the bench isn't running. The show. That's fact. You're not doing anything from the bench. You're talking to players and and getting a read of the game, which I love. I, I, I always wanted a head coach rather than a uh, a Mick Malthouse who used to say, oh, oh, my eyes are one play down the field. You've got no grasp of the game. But that's how Mick coached. And Mick was very successful. Let's not drag this into a Carlton yeah, yeah, Mick thing. Yeah. So if Vossi's there to be a manager, a a more of a Sir Alex Ferguson style, you know. What you, was Fergie's greatest strength? The Fergie. bench press. Yeah, absolutely huge. Yeah, huge. <laughs> 380s. Yep. No, it, it, it was he knew 
how to trigger people and get the best out of his sides. Motivation, right? He'd be, he'd be yelling at people. There'd be stories like Wayne Rooney would say. Ronaldo and Nani would fuck up eight times in a half. He goes, and I was actually playing half decent. And he goes, and I'd get a rollicking. Because he knows if he went them, yeah. they'd have a cry. And yet he knows I'd, you know. Absorb it. And they, need a, they need a kiss and a cuddle. Yeah. And the, the great one, Roy Keane, when he, he said he goes, he'd have a bad half and he goes, Alex would come in. He goes, and he'd just go, he goes, he was giving everyone a bollocking. He goes, and he got to me and he just went, Roy. Like it was disdain. And Roy just went, yep. That was enough. He just went, yep. Enough said. So for the one thing I want to see is my teams, from an attitude point of view and an applicant, play like Vossi. Vossi, bring that out. That's in you. That's what we want. We want the bloke who caught bloody that Collingwood maggot. What's his name? Richardson. No, number 17. Oh, Burns. Burns. We want that guy who then bounces back up, gives the handball and gives it to him in his face. Fuck off. I don't want some chemically castrated figure that looked like Michael Voss on the bench. Now, a lot of the football media hated it when Justin Lepage grabbed that young kid by the scruff and gave him a... People are still talking about Sheldon and uh, Devo. Craig Devonport, right? yeah. It's time to get the fucking aggression into this group, the attitude correct, because is, there's not a question of fucking talent on this list. Is it, there is a little bit. You know what I would have done at quarter time? <laughs> Try, I would have, Michael, we spoke... We have, an, scientist, we have enough White. talent to take care of the Adelaide Crows. No, yeah, yeah. But the problem we've got here, like, I would have loved to have seen Vossi. I said this to Dad. Go quarter time. If I was Michael Voss, I would have been half a mind to walk out to the huddle. The coach usually has a chat with his assistants with an S and C guy about rotations or whatever. He has to do that. How he's setting up the board, and then he goes to the group. The lines have their thing first. I would have almost walked over and said, um, "Get me, get me, Patty, get me, Weeders, whoever else leader is, whatever." Mm. And I would have almost said, you sort this out. Yep. Put it on him. You sort it out. And do you know out. what? For the first... Not, and not to pass the buck, but to go no. and say to him, I can't get out there and win the next clearance. I can't get out there and be shoulder to shoulder when they're coming down the field in defence. I can't do that. said, you guys need to own what's happening on the field. I will support you. I will enable you. I'll do whatever I can. You need to work with me now and come to the party. You need to sort this out. said, because your intensity, your application, your energy, your hunger has been fucking deplorable. And do you know who needed it? And for the first time, I reckon, in his career, what I'm looking at it going, I'm embarrassed for you, Weeders. Weeders had a fucking mare and he would have benefited from that. Get to to his pride. Get to his pride and say, mate, what the fuck? What the fuck? Go and sort it out. Not this, oh, yeah, huddle up. Well, with negative fucking six in content. I don't give a shit. I don't care about the numbers. It's about effort now. That's it. Well, well the efforts. The, the, the data supports what you've seen. There's a great you, moment you, in you've that. You've seen blokes um, that aren't having you're a not crack. R- AFL coaches aren't running the fucking first crack show. I don't give a fuck about the numbers. Use them to... We all lived it. We know that we're down and getting smashed. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to tell you we're negative whatever yeah, in whatever They've got stat. the ball. We don't. Um, there was that great moment. I mean, Jono and Bernard in um, Class of 92 aren't poster boys for management, but they had a shocking half. They had a lot of very highly paid players relative to what they were playing against, and they would fucking have these terrible halves. And at one of them, Jono just goes, get the fuck out. At the halftime, they were sitting there, he goes, get the fuck out. 
He goes, what, he goes, what do you want me to the head? He had a, gave him a bit of a bollocking about what are we doing? And they were just sitting around. He goes, get, get out of here. He goes, fuck off. Like that's just – there's a le- has to be – there was a level of just – if you're the coach, there's just – for me on, Friday, on Thursday night, there would have been a level of you've embarrassed us Yeah. in that first quarter. Yep. You have embarrassed us. That is unacceptable. You know, what, what can I actually say to you after that? We have failed. You have to own it. You have to own that and try to do something. We have failed to address perception that other teams have of us. Because, and, and Sean says it, we're a middle-of-the-road team. We are until we prove that we're, we not, that we're not. Else. And I've got the note here that... Apost- it's not this and it's not a, a fan base of... And I love our supporters and I love the passion. If people have got fucking balls to put an opinion out there, good. However, this whole, if we want it to be great, it will be great. No. Yeah. No. And Fab, how long have I said we've got a, she'll be right. She'll be right. It's E in mm. Entourage. We'll work now, it out. I, don't we'll work get, it out. Sean and I have differing perspectives of where we're sitting at the moment. We're all lockstep of something needs to change. But I still think we are a good side. And I'm hoping that, that that was... I'm just pointing to the whiteboard in the office. Got a picture of a big hairy dick. That's the one. Now... <laughs> it's, it's, cro- actually, it's actually not for the listeners. No. Just... It's, a, it, it's basically... It's, it's indicating we're at the crossroads. All right? Here's shit and there's contending. We're in the middle. Now, we can go back down towards the... The sewer. The sewer. Or we can use this... And bounce off it. I've got the thing here that a performance like this lingers in the pit of the stomach for a while and it takes more than a good week or two to wash this stench off us. This will be on us for a very long time. This will be on us until we prove to our opponents it isn't. Um, I've got a horrible feeling it gets better before it gets worse, just quietly. Uh, it gets worse before it gets, it gets better, better, sorry, the, with the Saints. And I think they'll, they'll fucking – that Qu- could be a nightmare. Question for you, host. When was the last time we properly smacked the team? Now, Adelaide have smacked us. St Kilda are smacking people. GWS and Gold Coast have had games where things have clicked. Um, when was the last time we smacked? For a full four quarter. I think we, we beat North by like 10 goals last year after a poor start. Yeah, it was Again, poor first half, but not, we were excellent, not a good time. excellent for a half against Hawthorne and Port last year and the shit house for a second half. That's what I'm saying. We, we, um, yeah, we just don't. I just, it's, we start poorly, finish poorly, don't start at all. It's, a, it's an issue, but that's a segue of sorts into the first heading I've got here for the, the next part of the show is that uh, still on uh, Eastern Standard Time, half hour uh, – sorry, half hour behind in terms of Adelaide. Mm. Um, Central – was it? Central Standard Time. I don't know. Central called. Time, whatever it is, like half hour behind. We, we were – the game was over at quarter time. Absolutely. The game was over at, at time on in the first quarter. Such was their intensity and intent. We were shell-shocked. We were overawed. They killed us quickly. These starts are an enormous concern, being ready, being prepared. We it don't felt, come out. No. Nah, it felt like a sequel to the Brisbane game at the Gabba last year. You know, we were beaten up and mugged early, rallied hopelessly and then faded. Um, I'm happy. This is going to sound weird. I'm happy that – because I said to Tim, this is one thing I do remember in our discussion, Tim, where I said, we'll come back, we'll kick four or five in a row – Right, do what North Melbourne did last week that the media and the North Melbourne supporters were so happy about. You got fucking pumped, right? Oh yeah. I don't want us to kick the last six goals and lose by twenty-four points. 
And I think when we kick the first two, Timbo says, there's your 24 points. I'm happy that Adelaide went bang. Yeah, 100%. We didn't deserve. Otherwise, it's just... What's paper oh, out yeah, the cracks? Yeah. It was a bad start. We're just, oh, we're going to be, we're going to address the starts. No, you've got to fucking address the attitude through the whole game. I, I, I also think there's a massive question about our game plan. No, we'll and, get and, to that. And, and I've and I've listened to everything that you said about I want a bloke on no, the, no, no, the, no, the no, sideline that rants and raves no, no, and gets no, no, blokes I've up. Par, I've said park that. We'll yeah, get, we'll now, get, now let's get to we'll, it. We'll get to that because because I think if you're needing the bloke to be on the sidelines to make things better, then then it's already broken. What like, I find interesting is every time they – and a lot of these coaches who are sitting down there, every time they flash to the bench, they're actually not really talking to anyone. They're watching the game. Which is sort of like – From a ship From, from a, a ship, ship vantage point, yeah. just go to the box. There's yeah. a phone if you need to talk to anyone. Unless you're going to be there actually conversing, getting the lay of land, having a two-way conversation. How are you feeling it? What are you feeling out there? How are you seeing it? Corroborating my point of view, potentially challenging it, potentially giving me something to think about. From their vantage point, how the game's playing out – it's pointless. You're wasted. You're not. Why are you down well, there? The, well, the reality is, go down there, be there for five minutes, talk to the people you need to yep. talk to, get the field. Go back to the go box. Go back to the box. Go back to the box. So, fab super application of the starts. Totally agree. I couldn't stomach how bad it was early on. Um, did we not talk during the week about what a massive occasion this was for Adelaide? Did we not talk about they'll be fired up? This was like the good old days of going in a football park on a Friday night, huge crowd, parochial, just feral. Did we not learn from last year? Did we not learn from how they're playing this year? We looked unprepared. We looked out of our depth. We looked so far from being up for it. And you know what the most disappointing thing was? Given all that, gather around Thursday night, opening it up, Adelaide on show to the country. We looked happy to play our role as the Washington Generals. That's exactly mm. what we, we were. We looked happy to accept that this is Adelaide's night, this is Adelaide's party, and we won't get in the way. Mm. It was absolutely insipid. It was pathetic, and it's a stain that will be on us for a very long time. And, and there was a fair bit of comment about watching us warm up, and there were lots of laughs and giggles, and everyone was upbeat, and everyone was having fun and all that sort of stuff. And you're going, mate, have fun, take care of business. If you have fun, you know what's fun, Tim? And, and then not fucking mm. turn up and yeah, not have a crack. Tim, you know what's fun? Winning. Winning. Yes. What was that great bit in Moneyball when he goes, you know, when, you know what losing sounds like? And he smashed the CD player? Mm. Yes, that. Because that's what it sounds like. That's when Jeremy's dancing. Yeah, he goes, but this is, yeah. it's, no, 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 no. Don't give me any of this shit. Like, I've got no issue being loose. Not a problem. Big night. Be switched on. Look switched on. Yeah, Look the part. From the player's point of view, I don't mind being jovial. No, not a problem. At a certain point. Look like a boxer. You know that you know the kind of the last spar before a heavyweight fight. It's just it's more just to roll the shoulders over and stuff. Yeah, get some, yeah. Get some nervous energy out. A little bit of a yeah, the Muhammad Ali, a little bit you know, little shuffles and stuff. And then when it's time to fight, you're taped up, gloves are on. I haven't seen a boxer taking the fucking piss. No, it's game face. Isn't it's it? game face. It's I, I don't get and that. Has to be even from the so players own it, but even the coaches. You spend all week going through tactics. What you say with five minutes to go is not going to change a fucking thing. That should be reminding them how to start about the occasion, about what's about to happen. So they're not the whole thing. Oh, yeah, we'll caught off guard. But, you know, we, they jumped. How did they jump us? What the fuck did you expect them to do? Yeah. Yep. I've got a huge question mark on 
the whole pre-match activation thing, and, I, and every club would probably call it something differently, but different. But the whatever the mental ap- activation is, whatever the trigger point is, whatever the moment is at Box Hill, it's something as simple as there's a particular musical cue year on year that's gets played while they put the Guernseys on and they're getting ready to go out, and it, it, the song is usually the same song for the season, and it's this it's a trigger that here we go, here we go, mm. all right. And you feel it. You feel the shift in the room. And it's yeah. great. It's a fantastic moment. And the club comes together and they go out. Whatever we are using, if we're using anything at all, whatever we are using as the trigger for that shift, for that game face on, for the, whatever it is, that title fight walk out. It did not work on Thursday night. It hasn't worked for but there shouldn't be anything. 10 like, months. Something like that. Hasn't a tr- worked. A trigger? Yeah. And I've heard this. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah, players own the fucking radio. Post game. No, no, no. Post win. No, no. They can own it for for, for a playlist. And they can own it for because they they need to pick something that mm. if that's what work. they're doing works for them. But the problem is whatever we're doing from an activation point of view to get us dialed in to get us switched on. Remember North Melbourne were in the dark. Is not working. <laughs> no, they were. <laughs> they were. Yeah, but, yeah, no, no. They but, went into the. Remember when North Melbourne invited Friday Night Footy into the rooms and stuff and oh thanks North you're very inclusive blah 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 they need every dollar they need they can get so they turn the lights off. No, that was, that was a thing, and all of a sudden the broadcasters like, what? and they said, "No, this is what we do." We go. There's a cost of living and energy crisis. We Tim. we we turn the lights off and they play a certain thing. That's. But this is it. That's every, supposedly their trigger. Every team would have a different thing and a different pattern that they go through to get to this point. That would be throughout the week and particularly on game day. Whatever we are doing in this space is not working categorically. And mm. if we're doing nothing, well, that needs to change. Mm. Like it feels as though. I don't know, have we tried to copy what Richmond did with that Emma Murray? Have we tried to copy this weird, floaty... Mindfulness. Mindfulness bullshit, which, fair being fair, if it works for you, fucking go for it. Mm. But if you've ever listened to... It's not working now. No, but if you oh, I don't think they're using her. Well, I'm not saying but if good teams are good for a are, fucking if reason. Any, if you've ever used any of that Look, stuff, for what it's worth, nonsense. Dusty loved it. And he won three Norm Smith medals. So uh, if it's all, if, if all, all things being equal... Let them go. It's the one percent, Tim. No, I'm with you. Look, I, I so agree we can't go everything that you're saying. From we're we're at fifty, <coughs> we're at fifty percent at the moment. Fifty-one ain't going to win us footy games. No. When we're at ninety, and we need one or two to get to 92, 93 and push up, that's the one. That's when the one percenter might tip you over. Having done what we did on Thursday night, the first ninety seconds of the contest against St Kilda is going to be monumental. Mm. And and I have a mind that if I don't see what I need to see in the first 90 seconds, I'm walking out. Mm. Because if, m- my feeling on Thursday night, like we do what we do so here. The game was so bad, people walked out of it on an airplane. Well, the bottom line is, clearly I care more about this shit than the footy players do. Yeah. And that's fucking bullshit. And that's why fans get so irritated. But... I'm going to give the people what they want. I'm going to bring up a Collingwood analogy here, Timbo. Yeah. Oh, right? It was only a matter of time. Come on, the pies. <laughs> <laughs> when Collingwood played Melbourne last year. Side by side. Right? No, no. Hear me out. And Langdon came out in a week and said what he said about who they've All been duck, bought. no dinner. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I guarantee you if that was us. We'd let him slide. He, that's exactly right. Collingwood, Don't I worry get, about it, boys. Play our game. Play our game. Don't worry Play. about it. What's the first? Collingwood made sure. They lined him up. He's on the, that, on the outer wing. We're fucking stacking the outer wing if we have to. He gets the ball. He gets crunched. They did it to Mumford. Richmond right. did it to Mumford in the grand final. Well, they, just, they just assaulted him. 
Right. They said you're not bullying anyone today. That's, yep. We would not do that. We didn't do it with Shea Bolton as well. I'd have taken Ben Keys out at the siren. Bang. Gone. You take the piss last year. Not doing it this you're year. Not doing it ever again. You know what we did? We let him take a piss again. Away you go. Look, we've spoken about this so often, Fab, that it's become a rhetorical question. But We're sitting here talking about attitude. Does it bother I want to be group? sitting here talking about tactics. Does it yeah. bother the group? As I said, it's rhetorical now because clearly it doesn't. Does it bother the group? Does it bother the footy club, the footy department, that every single team in the league thinks that we're weak as piss? I think it affects people like Cripper. Does it affect? And in the first couple of rounds, like you could see the GWS game, you could clearly see it in the North Melbourne. Cripper's looking around and go, what the fuck? And he's in his try. Now, Cripper, I won't criticise because you're allowed one in a hundred bad games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Cripper yeah, was yeah. beaten on the night, right? And it's hard to kind of look around and go, God, I can't fucking drag his tonight. I, I, you, could, you just couldn't do it. Fuck, where is the, where's the pride? Why well, are you needing someone to drag you along? Why? Well, and I, I, think, I think the biggest indictment is we play this contested brand of football. This is the way that we want it to be a war. It, it was. We haven't it, been up for the fight since the bye. Well, it, last it, was, year. It, it was. It was the Kansas City Chiefs track meet. Track meet is what it was on Thursday night. The way the game started, it was the absolute 180 degrees of the way that we wanted to, the game to to be played out. And, you know, but Timber, this and, is you and, know and, and Cripper had no mates coming to play the style of footy that he needed to play because the can't, game can't, was decided. We did not win the ball. The game was decided early based on urgency and intent. And there was no greater or more obvious discrepancy between intent. the two sides than D1, our D1, their D1. So it's been spoken a bit about in football. I actually didn't say because I wasn't sure who it belonged to, but people do refer to it, so I feel comfortable talking about what it is. So D1, A1, uh, A2, A3, D2, D3 is the way that you describe the contest around the ball. D1 and A1 is right on the ball, so right inside the contest. Yep. Two is the ring just outside that, and then three is the bigger ring outside that. So if you think about it as circles, one, two, three, getting bigger as we go. Their D1 was combat. It was getting the octagon. It was you got the ball, well, you're going to feel body. And O'Brien would hold De Koning every single time. Well, even not, even notwithstanding, if yep. the ball was there to be won, it's a yep. contest. If you've got it, we're coming after you. We're going to tackle. We're going to put pressure. We're going to hurry you. We're going to force you to kick. We're going to take time off you. Our D1 was disgusting. Yep. You've got the ball, I'll just corral you. Mm. I'll just gently kind of run up on you and mm. oh, I'll get in your face a bit. Give you all the time you want. Absolutely appalling, not AFL standard. They would rush. And if you watch the replay again, if one of our guys has got it, numbers rush. Yep. Blitz, blitz all night. Yep. If, if one of their guys have got it, we stand back. Just chasing, chasing ass. Yep. And it's the difference between attitude alone as illustrated by that example was the difference between the two teams on the night. One team came prepared to play, came prepared to fight, came prepared to dig in, and one team wasn't. Yeah, we turned up and hoped that it would be enough. This is not a saying, but this is what I'm – I try to I try to articulate this to Dad it didn't come out right, but in my head I know what I'm trying to say. Adelaide had bent knees and we were straight legged. And by this I mean I like it. They're running at us and we're going to tackle them and we're upright. 
and we're just getting stepped. Momentum is going straight, and we can't turn. And all of a sudden, it's not even a massive fucking step. They just just pivot a little bit, and they're they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. We do the same thing. Their knees are dipped. They're attacking the hips. When you need to fucking tackle someone, you can't be standing upright. You yeah. need to be. You're a bigger target, aren't you? Nimble. Go watch five minutes of rugby league. What do you think? They just there's a guy coming out, and I'm just standing fucking upright. Some Full six foot three of me. I'm here. Come on, let's go. Some of them it's a, do. It's a big target, Fab. <laughs> That's what she said. Now, <laughs> that, but my point is, in the first quarter, we got stepped around so easily. We did for a number of reasons. One of them that that technique thing is a huge part of it. Um, intent and urgency is a massive part of it, and just want to actually put your finger in the dike, compete, recognize this is a war for the next five minutes. This is – we've got to stay alive here. They need to play Bill Conti in the rooms. I don't know if it would well, – fucking Josh – probably pump Josh Rochelle up. Yeah. Um, and then the other flip side of it was in the initial D1, that contest side of things was appalling. But in D50, man, our, the space we were giving them was criminal. We were just – we were all over the shop. Just, and they have blokes that can, can kick the football, both kicking it Inside, so much, and then guarding. the targets Team. themselves. Teams, they lead. No, they they're, do. They're, they've got clear leading patterns. Yep. And you know what leading patterns are, and you don't have to be around a club and know the fucking terminology. If you're a fan of football, you know. If you've played even most amateur sport, any sport, you're looking for me. Everyone knows you're coming to me. If my teammates aren't working and providing a legitimate second, third, and fourth option. I ain't gonna mark shit. Yeah, you can't because if they're gonna, it's too predictable. And if they're gonna stack every defender onto me, you're open. Our forward fifty, our leading patterns are horrible. I agree. Now the whole thing I said at preseason when Blake A was practice game against Collingwood, I said he's spreading the field so well that we we're actually creating leading lanes. For us to use. Yep. I haven't seen that yet. No. I haven't seen it at all. The setup of our forward 50 remains... What about... Bad. Adelaide run in waves. Teams are running in that, waves. They were like zigzagging on a couple of occasions right. up the uh, up the field. It and was, we've got no one... beautiful to watch, except they'll play us. Our forward 50... Well, now defenders. So our, our small... No one's with them. We come out of 50... The running from behind the goal, the free kick or the mark at the and what centre, about they, 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 they were everywhere. And I'm we not were singling nowhere. out Ed Kerner. Everybody was shit, right? Yeah. He's clearly injured. He copped a, a, a blow to the gut or whatever. And he, he got the 50-metre penalty. He's struggling to even walk the 50. I think he gives it to Nick Newman or something, who had someone on his ass, and we bombed it inside 50. Mate, you can't just... We've got to value our possession now, more than that. I'm... And I might be jumping ahead. Tell me if I am, Sean. I don't give two squirts of piss to play the same brand of football every other team's playing. It's kind of the reason I'm kind of starting to get off soccer a little bit because everyone's playing the same shit. I used to love European football because... <laughs> that was the example of was it at the World Cup because yeah, everyone's playing the same style of football except the soccer roos. <laughs> <laughs> but what I used to love about European competition... The Italians, the, the Spanish, the the English, everybody was different. Culture, yeah. there's this great... And it was like, and everyone's like, oh, this is... No, there was no one better than the other. There's a great thing in Star Wars at the moment. They're reintroducing this character, Grand Admiral Thrawn, 
for anyone who knows the property. So Grand Admiral Thrawn was introduced post-Return of the Jedi uh, in the what is now Legends. It was the expanded universe where they licensed some books to be sequels to the movies in the early 90s. And he was the heir to the Empire. He was the next big bad guy. He was this masterful military tactician and he's been introduced in a few Does of Does he the... come after Grand Moff Tarkin? Is no. He, is he replacing him? No, no, uh, no. Well, he's he's after that, obviously, but he's basically a surviving remnant of the Empire post Return of the Jedi. That's but, the best de aging or CGI in cinema, I reckon. Uh, he in in Rogue One because that's that's Kurt Russell was good in Guardians of the Galaxy too. They made him young Kurt Russell. Mm. He was good. I reckon they got him. Per- they young didn't really de age him. They just kind of put him in there. But- young Johnny Depp was good in the fifth Pirates film. They made him like a young yeah, yeah. Jack Sparrow. Harrison Ford looks okay in the new indie, the de-aged indie, but that is yep. 10 years later. But the point is Thrawn's character is this master military tactician and what he does is he studies the art of other cultures and planets and then uses that to inform his view of them as a people and their emotions and everything like that. And what you're saying is spot on with the, the great thing about the way European soccer used to be was everyone's playing style was defined by their culture. Mm. So the Brits were just brutes, mm. played with passion, but they not a lot of class. We're not going to go tiki-taka through the middle. No. We're going to hit it long. We're going to hit it long and we're going to be direct and we're, with no patience. Mm. And then you had like the, the Spaniards had a bit more flair, a bit more, you know, the mm. French particularly. Mm. The Italians Character. Were, you will not score. Char- the Italians were just so resolute. You're not going to score. Yeah, we're, we're, the Brazilians were, you can score. We'll score more. This is it. <laughs> But it was, that was this beautiful thing of how it was defined. Yeah. And I, I agree with what you're saying. And it actually kind of flows onto a point I'm going to make in a moment. We just need to um, – oh, yeah, we can go straight to it now. It's actually, it's actually inadvertently a good segue. The next topic I had here was identity crisis. And I had two sports analogies for you, one that I've used in the past and it's never been um, more prescient than it is now. I'm going to use my F1 analogy again. Every year, Timbo, teams read the technical regulations. Very, very, very intelligent people read these this phone book-sized rule book about what you can and can't do. And generally speaking, to a man, all of the teams come together and have designed and interpreted the same language. They've read the rules and the design language inferred from that ends up making the cars look pretty much all the Relatively same. Relatively similar. Because they're all very smart, they've all read it the same way, and this is how all the cars now they've look. They've all been because educated the same way in 100%. the background. Yep. Occasionally, there's an outlier. There's one that is interpreted things a little bit differently, and as a result, their car looks a little bit different. And when they turn up for testing, this means it's either wonderful, we've read something that no one else read, we've interpreted something that no one else read, or it's a complete fucking disaster. That yep. was Mercedes this year. Do you Mercedes remember Mercedes last year when they took the side pods off the car? And they thought this was going to be great. This is going to be when they no one else up, has read this, and this is we're going to do something clever. And you went, no, no one else has done this because it, it's shit. Because it doesn't work. The grid walk work. at testing, where all the cars were just put on the grid, and, and all the drivers are all together, and they're all. Go- and oh, I can't remember what car they're. They're just fucking laughing at it. It's like it was Mercedes, probably because yeah. it had no side pods. And it's like everything is the fucking same. But what the fuck's going so on? And Lewis it. Hamilton, yeah, it was. And Lewis Hamilton had this look of, we're fucked. <laughs> We're either so the, amazing or shit. So the point I'm going to make is that our car does not look out like our rivals' cars. You're right. And more pertinently, it doesn't look like the good cars. So that was either going to be a point of difference, which is great, or a real cause for concern. It's becoming a real cause for concern. Fab. We're like Ferrari. We have gotten underperformed last year. 
based on maybe what we had and, and maybe weren't as good as we'd hoped we were, should be or could be, we've gotten the off-season badly wrong. Um, our recruiting was poor. Our management of player injuries and loads has been poor. What we've done regarding style of play has been poor. We thought last year should have been good enough and have not tweaked enough to make sure that 2023 is good enough. We, we've done what Ferrari did. We haven't tweaked enough and evolved enough, especially attacking-wise. I think defensively we've improved, probably at the detriment of certain things. Our ability to be able to attack. But, but yes, what, I, going. what I was saying before is I don't care that we're different, right? Because it's, it's okay to be different. But different can be good. Right? However, and there was a great debate. I'll say, Keep going and I'll make a comment at the end of it. There's a great debate last week between two blokes who generally annoy the bejesus out of me, of Dermy and Kingy. And Kingy was like, oh, you can't go away from what you know. This, you are who you are, blah, blah, blah. He was talking about Collingwood, right? He's still jerking them off. And Dermy's like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Where's Wait. the pot, Tim? I'm just going to try and find the, the kettles over there. Dermy was like, yeah, but 10 goals in a row, you have to change something. Yeah, you, gotta, you can't you, just keep going, oh, no, wear this, wear this, wear No. The first first right. step in recovery and, and, is recognizing you have a problem. You and Dermy was like, "You have to have a contingency." Our trigger was yes. three goals. Yep. After the third goal in a row, okay, let's just. Hey, we're not even so much change up, hold. Yeah. Reassess, absorb, absorb. All right. So now, what happens is, we do have a different car, and this is the way we want to. Fine, we're going to go with that, and we're not doing that flawlessly at the moment. That's fine. However, you do need. Moments where you need to change things up. Yep. Now, what we do in moments, we try to go quick. It looks like we haven't trained this at all. It's, lads, we've got to go quick like everybody else. Yeah, but everyone else is doing it seamlessly, in sync. Because they do it a lot. They're running patterns. They're spacing. We handball to blokes who could just take the ball off. The, I've got the ball. You can run past me, Tim. I don't have to handball it. You can just grab it. That's how close we are to each other. The chain of handballs useless. Why? I agree we haven't trained Plan B at all, no. and when we try to flick the switch, if anything, we look fucking worse. You yeah. know the problem is too. You mentioned Collingwood before, and you sort of go, "Well, Collingwood, they miss out. They miss out on a grand final by a point. Yep, and they played great footy last year. And people can they they rode their luck. They absolutely did. It went their way, and they were probably a couple of wins ahead of where they should have been, based on all things being fair and even." Uh, as we've seen across previous seasons. But they recognise that internally. Yeah. And they went out and addressed some holes. And they, you know, the ruck thing, a bit like us, is obviously one of them from at the moment. But they went out and recognised, well, that's not going to be good enough next year because it wasn't good enough this year. So if we want to be better, we're going to actually have to really strive to be better. We're going to have to identify what we're missing, what we need, what we didn't do, what we can do. For us, we absolutely haven't gotten better. We've regressed no. since the bye last year and we've gotten worse over pre-season. The warning signs were there in that Collingwood game. They were there in that Sydney game. They were there in round one, two, three, four. And what we saw on Thursday was the culmination of all of that. And just one example, we want to be a clearance team. We want to be stoppage, day, stoppage team, but we don't want a good ruckman. Yeah. Like, we want to be all that. We want to be a stoppage team, a clearance team. We want to win the ball at the source. We want to do all that. But we don't want a um, – oh, there's a guest. It looks like there's people at the door. Knocking at the door. Um, 
I'm assuming that's your family, Fabian. No, it's not my family. One oh, of them's wearing pink pants and shoes, Timbo. And that would not be my family. No. Um, could be someone who's just lost, so we'll just... We'll <laughs> but just as an example, sorry, that yeah. we want to be that team, but we don't want to invest in getting a better Ruckman to no. facilitate yeah. that. And you're just going, so what we'll do instead... We hit certain things. Like, we knew we needed better wing... Yeah, like, so we recruited Blake recruited, Akers and right. we recruited a first-year player who's been good but won't have a meaningful impact for I think we needed, two years. Uh, yeah, but I think Three we needed... Years. And this is going to be going against my rant of last week, but we thought, okay, Lockie O'Brien's half got a wing nailed down. The other wing was empty all year. So we've brought in a wingman. So we've done that role. We haven't addressed Ruck. We looked at the off-season and thought... When it comes, it comes quickly and we just can't stop it. We can't stop the wave coming and we've tried to do that. We did that I well. Think, I think we have our plan A. I think it's good. We still haven't – we need to adjust. No, I think it's yeah, – But if you're a stoppage team, you've got to win the ball. We're not winning. No, no, no. no. That, that, hold on. that was the point when you I was don't win the ball, to say. That, that's, that's application of your game plan. It's been no. found, we've been found out yeah. and we've been stopped. And – we're not a team that plays quick. We're not a Collingwood. We're not, but our tempo. So when we looked better against North Melbourne, we, it wasn't just chain of handballs, run, run, run. No, no, no. It was the tempo. Yeah. How we execute Plan A. That's off. So I, I don't. I, I've got no issue yet with Plan A. But Plan A needs. Ooh, I've, it, got it's, a, I've got a serious it's issue. Not yet. Not until I've seen tweaks to it. We can up the tempo. My second, um, the biggest issue I think still think we have is our forward fifty, our leading patterns and our forward fifty entries are borderline disgusting, borderline disgusting. Well, and that's because, if not disgusting, well, the the problem is our long up the line bailout kick. the The premise of that, to my mind, is well, we'll bang it long, and hopefully one of the three big gorillas will mark it. Yeah, but I fucking hate that. No, no, I agree. This, the, but this, this is what the the premise is. Mm. They're not going to get outmarked. The ball will come to ground. You don't have to be outmarked, Timbo, but you, you, they don't have to mark as defenders. They're just going to spoil it. No, but this is the thing. If it goes to ground and it's another stoppage, we're a stoppage no, no. team, advantage Carlton, theoretically. Our small forwards, whilst I love what Jesse Motlop is going to be, I don't think our small forwards are elite. We don't have Adelaide small forwards. We're not locking shit in. Well, and, I think in fairness, Adelaide have traded a very high pick for Rankin, two, two or three. Worth it. They've traded huge picks for Rankin. I yeah, hate, worth it. No I hate problem. the prick, but he's, he's, a, he's an absolute jet. And Josh Rochelle oh, is. But all he wanted to do was try and milk for a kick on Thursday Josh night. Rochelle, he, um, he gives a shit, Tim, he but he's a very good football yeah, player. but he didn't impact the game on Thursday. Josh Rochelle is a top 10 pick. He's a star. But you're sort of going, so they've invested very heavily in that position at the draft. Yeah, but they've also got targets that they can... I know you don't like Darcy Fogarty, but he's a target. He was also another high draft pick. Yeah, he was. Well, he actually right. slid a lot. So what I'm and saying it, is that plan of plays get, well get it us. to the three big goes yeah. requires talent at the feet. Yeah, I agree with Where that. Where we've looked the best is spread those three, which then spreads the defenders. We chased Tom Papley. If it had come off, we would have been laughing. No, no. When we, yeah, 100%. When we spread those three key tools or two at any one time, we, we look better. amazing because, yeah, we look better. A, it drags. That I agree. It drags that I agree. key 100%. defenders out of. Yeah. There, and it gives our small forwards more room to move. 
I've got the follow-up here that the second sports analogy I want to use is that we're far too reliant on individuals or a bit like the Australian cricket team in that if uh, Smith or Marnus don't fire, we don't make a score. That's, that's and what exactly that cre- where we're and at. then what that creates is Beep. Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark have to be unbelievable with the ball to keep us in the match. And then, like the Aussies, and we saw it on Thursday night, as good as our best can be, we are eminently capable of losing the match in a session. Yeah, as we did in the Australian city in India. Hundred percent. And 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 I think fucking breathing really loud. Is that yeah, you, can, are, you, you are, are breathing really? Yeah. That's not going to fix the problem. You <laughs> stop, just stop breathing. Do you know what it is? You do like <sighs> no, no. You know how your nose. You know how your nose goes from like you only ever breathe out of one nostril at any one time. Bullshit. <laughs> what are you, fucking Aquaman or something? Are you? People will tweet in. Most of the time, you're only breathing out of one nostril. It feels like air's coming out of both. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. No, you're biased I'm to one a both side. Man. I think your nose is in your body. In this, in your body does that for a reason. Look it up, dickheads. Uh, anyway, you know what happened when, when Drew Petrie. Many people who want to tweet in about so this subject, loud. please do, because that is insane. Drew Petrie <laughs> gave him the backhand and obviously shattered his nose. What is that? That's what happened to what's his name, Darren Lockyer, or was that the throat? The throat. The throat was Lockyer. He talks like this type of thing. And his windpipe um, crushed. So, at the start of the pod. I was breathing out of the right nostril and it wasn't hitting oh the mic. God. Now it's kind of... So I'll just do this. Just all, all thumbs there, mate. Is that better? Well, you're not, Thank bre- you. you're not breathing loudly at the moment. <laughs> See, it's not... It's just because the air's coming out of the left nostril. Can people please tweet the whole left Tim, nostril, right nostril? just in nostril? case I miss it, when he starts going... <sighs> <sighs> Again, can you just... If I miss it, just alert me to it. Look, the air... I can feel it now. It's striking the microphone hard. That's why I've just had to change it. Jesus Christ. I've been striking something hard. <laughs> That's all yeah. I know. <laughs> Fucking Christ's sake. That's, can you look this up? I'm, I'm, hold on. I'll give you this question here and then I'll look it up. Do we do anything or enough things to an elite AFL standard? And if so, what is it? Look, going it's into It's not general this- skills. It's not ball movement. It's not fitness. It's not coaching. It's not innovation. I thought we were defending very well. I, I thought due to the, the flaws in the way that we were playing games, opposition teams were getting a lot of inside 50s. We, we were being asked questions in our defence far too often. We were probably stacking defence more to absorb it but then limiting our ability to be able to attack. But the defence as a unit was actually working quite well. We were restricting opposition. It was an elite. But... Uh, I would have I would have thought the numbers would have supported that we were doing a good job, and obviously losing Doc and and these aren't excuses these are this this is just what happens. It's not an Lose, excuse, it's an explanation. Yeah, so losing Doc didn't help, and we lost leadership, and I think that that impacted structure. Losing Mitch McGovern before the uh, right before the game started was uh, it was horrible. Like that was. Just why did he, why did we even bother like playing him? Just quickly, I was got to stop you. Well, here. They, they had to know, and they had to know, and they had to. But pick it was a, pick his, a um, team to. It was the um, calf, not the. Yeah, no, it was it was calf tightness, is what it was. So yeah, so, I, but I, last I week know. was the hamstring, so th- this was yeah. a, it's totally unrelated. Yeah, calf is obviously what we're going with, just as the. <laughs> okay, that's what we've been. What's told. the issue? Um, I've got here from uh, medical news today. Are you supposed to breathe out of both nostrils? Question mark. 
In many cases, breathing out of one nostril is harmless. It often occurs due to nasal cycles. The term refers to the spontaneous congestion and decongestion of the nostrils. As the airflow is not always equal in both nostrils, a person may feel that they breathe in through one nostril more so than the other. Thank you! The nasal cycle. So I... You've gone a bit early. You got a little bit early there. Probably a bit too early, to be honest. <laughs> because the key for me there is that a person may. may feel. They may feel no, 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 no. like they breathe through one nostril more no, than no, the other. No, no, you breathe through. So inhale, two nostrils. Exhale, single nostril. Stop it. Because that's because of the decongestion. It's a fucking the, fact. The relative. No, it's no, it's not. The, the He's medicals, a fake doctor. You at are any not given a doctor. Time, <laughs> You're insane. Essentially, at any given time, people do about 75% of their breathing from one and 25% from the other, but that's because of these nasal cycles yes. and just the level and of congestion cycle, in each nostril. My cycle it's in not the your, first time. That's not your body going, I'm going to go out of the left. At the, just go out of the left now for the next 15 minutes. Thank yeah, but you very my, much. My, my cycle was All right, boys, we'll right his, nostril. His cycle has one wheel and one of those yeah. horns and, yeah. and, and a flower that squirts, <laughs> squirts water and a red nose. Uh, that's a good one, Timbo. <laughs> I don't want to talk about your cycles, Timbo, because it might offend some female listeners. Um, the next question I've got here is, do we play dumb, outdated footy? Yes. Further to the above F1 chat, we've seemingly got the wrong idea of how to A, play to our strengths and B, beat the best in 2023. I'm not sure why we do the patient ball movement stuff. Teams just quickly force us down the line. They corral us into a back flank and just long down the line. The, uh, and, and, the LDL. Yeah, but and, and, and that's when, where it goes back to tempo. You can do parts of that game plan, yeah. but you can't. You know what I'd do? I'd but employ I'll... the Jose Mourinho model. Move the ball quickly. The less time we've got it, the fewer mistakes we can make. Just play quick. Because we're but, not but when enough. I watch us, when I watch other teams, more importantly, when they are sitting there on the wing or just beyond halfway, there are people that are leading and creating space, you know, square to the ball, on the 45, in the corridor, and, and the guys with the ball are prepared to take the risk. We have neither. We don't have guys that are running into dangerous spaces Timber, to if be we able don't, to assist. If we don't lead and move around in our forward lane, what the fuck makes you think we're going to do it around the ground? And and that and therein lies the question of are we not fit enough to be able to put the sacrificial running into our game style in an effort to be able to get the ball that'll benefit us? Because we're in, we're, 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 I, I just we do are not talk about I this. do not see us playing in a way that is going to favour us and make us better. We're going to talk about fitness. Last question: Who is the best team that we can beat? As we sit here today. Who is is it? Maybe the Bulldogs. Well, we can beat the Bulldogs. Well, we match up well against the Bulldogs, so I don't even know that that diagnoses anything. No, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that if you look at the thing, okay, best teams. Who's the best team that we can beat? Because I think people. I we, honestly think we can beat anyone. No. on our day. No. Well, we've gone within a kick of Collingwood and Melbourne in the last two rounds of the year. We've not come out against Brisbane. And I thought that was attitude. Uh, as I opposed still to reckon ninety percent of our issues are attitude and application. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd, I'd wholly invest just in the psychological, though, but um, I take your point. Look, we we have, as we've always said, we have talent. We have goal-scoring capability, but it probably lies with too few. And we, no temperament. And, and we need more uh, depth of contribution on every single line across the ground. And, and as you said, reliant on too, you know, too few... Just need more. Next week will be an enormous challenge because the enormous. Saints are playing with Spunk, regardless of what happens on Sunday with the Saints and Collingwood. 
The Saints are playing with spunk and flair and confidence. And and with a massive injury list. Like, they have every reason to be not performing and, and they are ticking every single box so far. So, again, regardless of what happens with Collingwood, and, and they will come out and utterly disrespect us. Yep. Uh, so I am genuinely fascinated to see... They'll be see looking for affirmation that their attitude about us is right. And, and they will say... Push them, push them, push them, put pressure on it and just wait till the moment they give up. And once they've given up, it's full court press. Absolutely. What helps us better, uh, more, a St Kilda loss and they come out breathing fire against us or a win and they come in with confidence? I don't care. I don't think it matters. I, I just think they come with everything and we have to prevail. We have to match them. Last year we played them, should have beaten them. We're our own worst enemy on the night. Yep. Just We just could not get out of our own way. And their pressure wasn't outstanding, and we just couldn't live with it. And Sinclair had about 45. Ridiculous. The next heading I've got is um, unfit and misfiring. So we haven't spoken about old mate Jack Russell for a while. He'd avoided because scrutiny. unfortunately for the club, the S&C department has been so injury-focused, oh, and that's what we've been focusing on as a discussion point. However, well, we strength spoke, and conditioning by its nature... We've spoken about more than just injuries. Take away injuries, it's the conditioning of this playing group. Now, I don't know if they're working to a, a plan where we peak later in the season, but we don't look like we're running on top of the ground at the moment. So Thursday night for me was a fantastic opportunity to compare the pair. Andrew Russell with his contemporary, Darren Burgess... Did you know he was at Liverpool? I heard he was at Liverpool <laughs> and Arsenal. Um, they've got Port a, they have got a Melbourne. genuine A grader who is worth every last penny that they're paying him. We've got an absolute myth, and I don't care. Everyone, there'd be people down there who are counting down the days. And I I have been told from sources. That's Tomato, barbecue. Barbecue. The, peri, peri. It's the two big inflatable ones at Gosford. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Vossi wasn't too pleased. Yep. He's gone. And they'll do a thanks for your services, five of the best, see you later, Jack. Loved it. And that's coming, and it should have come two years ago. And we've got a millstoner out our neck. Is the Adelaide had a longer break than 40 us. 40 department cap. Yeah, absolutely. That's the issue. reason. We don't need to go over that. That's the reason. Okay. Adelaide had a, by one day fewer rests than us. We looked unbelievably leggy. Bad. But Russell's early. been with us. Russell's I don't mind made, looking leggy in the last quarter. Russell's been with us for five years. And if you look at the core of the group who's been with him for that period of time, look at the body shapes. Nothing's changed. Weedering's a little bit more solid. Jesse, Jesse looks. Harry's a little bit more solid. Jesse came in pretty nuggety and solid already. But you look at us and you, you look just, like Clubber Lang in the preseason. We were bullied. Cripper's fine down. That's because he. I saw someone mention it on Twitter and I laughed because I was like, you're correct. So Darren Burgess has got them big, strong, powerful. Like they bullied us. They were fit, but they were big. Fast. uh, Jack Russell wants to turn us all into fucking Steve Monaghetti. He wants to turn us all into lean running machine. We got bullied and bashed up by a team that was fitter, could run faster, was stronger, was everything. Like I just watched that and just thought, 
the discrepancies between what we're getting and what they're getting and what Melbourne got before that. Like, Andrew Russell's been with us for the same amount of time that Burgess went into Melbourne, rebuilt them, got them into premiership shape. Yep. Andy's left, Andy's gone to Adelaide, and they've gone past us. Yep. From a physical conditioning hmm. presentation point of view. He's done gotten two teams further in less time yep. than it's like it's embarrassing. Twice. Yeah. It's embarrassing. And we sit here and we have to put up with just shit. Like it's not good enough. You look at as I said, I keep saying it, you look at the body shapes. You look at the body shapes and you're just going And it is a bit <sighs> sad if 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 one of the takeaways is um I'm looking forward to next off season under a different regime and see what can happen with it. In round five. Hunt, no, this is it. This is why you never, oh, ever, really ever... Sad. Mate, this is why you never keep someone when their time is up. We've kept him and we will have kept him for minimum, minimum 30 months longer than he should have been. Minimum. Like, it's just in, it's inexcusable. I don't give a shit. Pay the soft cap. Take the fucking whack. Because what we're getting from him, it's... it's, it's imp- What's the punishment if you go over the soft cap? Oh, I don't give a shit. I'm saying... What happens? I don't actually know. Might be maybe you get fined. So there's no luxury tax type thing. It probably would be, yeah. I'd imagine. Oh no, I would have done. I'd knock on Genie's door and go, Genie, our fucking S and C guys are fucking dumbass. And look, we're paying him an absolute fortune. Our mistake. We've got to get rid of him. We're going to cop this fine. Fuck. Can you help us out? Just go seriously, Captain Andrew. Can you give us a hand? Because we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be Stuffed, selling ourselves short, a shadow of what we might be able to be, underperforming, all that until we can get a look at someone else, and probably halve the salary and put the other half into something else altogether. I'm not an Andrew Russell fan, however, and whilst I agree with looked leggy, I don't know if they're working towards something. Well, for the last four and a half years. No, 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 no. I'm parking that aside. So you can't. Well, I, I don't. I don't want people to be listening to this, thinking that I haven't given up on this year. I, I still think we're a very, very good football side, and things can click, and they can Fucking click. I just had a just had a flashback to Mick Malthouse. Right. What we was lose, what was Mick saying? Very, 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 very good, good football good. side. <laughs> We lose to the winless Brisbane at the <laughs> at Marvel very, Stadium. They are a very, very good football side. Mick. <laughs> so I think there is things that need to be rectified. I think there are things that can be rectified. And there are things... Why do we look so shit then? I'll give you the example. So we played Geelong on a Thursday night into... Attitude G- and tempo. No, no, into GWS on the Sunday. Mm. We looked like we'd been Rip Van fucking Winkle. We'd been asleep for 20 years. When we rocked up to the GWS, <laughs> we'd had however many days off, Attitude. and however they had spent that time physically conditioning, getting back. their bodies right, making sure that when Sunday rolls around, we are fresh as you would like, and we just rolled into the game with pathetic. And we did it again on Thursday night. We rolled into the yeah, game off a week's it's break. It's very hard to pick. I can't get to this contest. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Sean diagnose. He's a fucking doctor all of a sudden. So, what? <laughs> Tim's dying. Tim, stop. I've got a cough. Sorry. That's um, why I didn't record two weeks ago. You can't, yeah. It's, it's impossible for anyone to, from the outside, diagnose whether I can't get to that contest 
or I don't want to get to that contest. No, but it's more than that. It's more than it's just every other we team. We look slow, but is that just a every other team runs on top of the ground? Every other team looks fit, looks sharp. Every other team is playing with a bit of fucking hell. There's some pressure on us. Yeah, we don't handle pressure. The uh, the next topic I've got here, which is um, a quick one. I don't want to labour on it too much, Tim. Jesus, Tim. I'm sorry. Um, why are we here? And it's something that we need to address, and we've addressed it in the past. And I want to. I don't want to make. Deep question. I don't want to make this like we're potting blokes because the topic I'm about to talk about. Um, I don't want to make it like we're potting blokes, but I'm just about to pot some blokes. No, I've already potted Jack. Um, we're basically in the position that we're in. Yeah, look, the fitness stuff is no good. The injury list is no good. Our strength and conditioning is disgraceful. Mentality is not as sharp as it needs to be, et cetera, et cetera. But the other issue is we have an imbalance in our list owing to suboptimal drafting and development. So I'm not going to criticise draft picks because I think that's a highway to nowhere. I think that Paddy Dow, Samo, all these guys – no one was surprised. We didn't. Samo, pull, I actually reckon is playing half decent footy. We didn't pull, not we, good footy, but better. We didn't pull a rabbit out of the hat. We didn't. T- heads weren't turning off their fucking necks when we called their names out on draft night. People weren't going who. Yeah. You know, can Geelong occasionally pull a real left fielder? They're like, who the fuck? I think is this it's guy? been a very good draft year this year. But the point I'm making is, when we picked these guys, we weren't going against the grain. We weren't going against conventional thinking. We weren't surprising anyone by calling these guys names out. They were highly thought of junior players who came into our footy clubs with talent and weapons and things that they could offer the footy club who should now be 23, 24 and entrenched in the senior team. And unfortunately, we've got a selection of first-round picks, Sam O'Dow, O'Brien, Philp, Stocker, Kemp, who have, in hindsight, and this is no one's fault, been disastrous for where we want to be now. They have been. And I'm not potting Silvani because, like I said, the only one you can maybe talk about is you'll know it better than me, Timbo, but one of the years we traded down and we ended up taking a stocker or camp. It was one of those years. It's like... We there, traded down to get camp. But there was a guy we could have taken... Oh, it was Sam DeConi. No, no, it wasn't Sam DeConi. We, we could have taken Cozzy Pickett. It was one of the years where we had a pick, which Pickett would have still been on the board... And it's like, well, so, he's so more we of a about pick Yeah, but drafting, drafting and, and, and in hindsight. We, we, I know, I agree. Bid, That's what I'm saying completely. Yeah. We, we did a bid on Tom Green, who GWS matched. We were never going to pick him. We were never going to get him. And then we did it on Liam Henry, who we're was an MGA kid yeah, at, uh, at Freo. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm and talking then about... there was a third one that we did. And then once we got into that position, we traded with Gold Coast and we moved down to 19. And by moving, I reckon by moving to 19, we got to Kim. Yeah. And then... We got Kemp, and then with what we'd received, we we also traded up to get Philp, which was pointless. And Philp was like the pick after Philp Tom, uh, Sam DeConi. No, Go, yeah, going going into the Essendon game, I think it's all just. I don't think he's mentally um, physically he's not capable. That's that's a given. No, the, the problem I'm making point I'm making with those names is that's six guys taken with picks inside the top twenty. Who not all of them need to be absolute stars, but you'd be if three of them were really solid, really good contributors, you'd be going, yeah, okay, this is yeah. So that's what's really, really hurt us, and it's blown it's blown a big hole in our list profile, which the club is scrambling to repair on the run, and it's creating all sorts of issues. I sympathise with what Austin and Voss are dealing with to deal with that, and I think it's worth putting on the table. Like I said, I'm not potting the players individually because 
they're all highly credentialed, highly thought of junior players. It always comes back to development. They didn't just become shit when we, you know, okay, so a second before we picked them. Why are they on the list? What do you I mean? know, I know they've got contracts and they're year, they've got years to run on their contract, but why are they still on their list? Well, I don't think any of them have, well, Samo's not. I don't think any of them have categorically outstayed their welcome in an Essendon first round draft pick sense, where you're like, you've been mediocre for 12 years and you're still there. Mediocre at best. Like Dow will be gone at the end of this year. Um, Do you remember telling me in the offseason that we wouldn't miss Will Setterfield? We aren't, though. That's exactly right. You don't reckon? No. Nah. We're not missing him. No, we're not. What did he give up? What would he have given us on Thursday night against that Adelaide and that us speed? Rotation? And the, in place of who? I don't think Kennedy's right. I don't think uh, Hewitt's right. Yeah, so he, but he's not better than those two. We left our midfield a bit short. They could have played Paddy Dow. Sure. I know they're not going to. He was all right. He was all right last night. He's, he won't get picked. No, he won't get picked. So I don't think any of them outstayed their welcome. Like I said, Dow will be gone at the end of this year. I think Philp is up out of contract. He'll be gone. Kemp, I think, is out of contract. He'll be gone. Um, Stocker's obviously gone. And then I think maybe O'Brien has one more beyond this year. And he's sort of going... That's what's hurt us. And like I said, not potting those boys because they didn't become shit football the second before we picked them. They walked in the door, weren't supported. We sacked coaches that they had because they couldn't develop players. But it's left us short. It's left us in a, in a world of hurt. Chicken salads now. We'll get through these really Oh, Jesus Christ. Is there a ca- We're actually going to go through chicken salads. Sam Walsh, first game back, Mate. Uh, 25 touches and a goal. Looked leggy the longer the game went. That's totally understandable. We got blitzed in the first five, ten minutes. Walsh was everywhere. He was. He was great. All right. Did you just think He's... this guy, if there was a definition, if you look up the dictionary definition of professional, it's a picture of Sam Walsh. He's yeah. just a pure professional. Yeah. Uh, the next one for me was, and he'll, he'll we, we say it a lot, but he'll just be better for the run. Yeah. Um, Adam Chera. He's, he's all right off halfback. I thought, I don't, I don't want to see him off halfback, but. He was okay when he went there. Yep. He used the ball well enough when he had to. Yeah, and look, he cracked in and he kept cracking in. Then things weren't going our way. Um, showed up. You know, can't ask for much more. Ollie Hollands, just about the only positive in the sense that only had twelve touches or something. But the one where he kicked the ball three times in two and a half seconds, it was smothered. Got yeah. it smothered. Got and it, I think Charlie took a mark, kicked the goal. That's he just did, persistence. Or it might have even been my hard. only issue with. Ollie Hollands at the moment, and he'll get this out of his game. He needs two or three contests before he realizes, oh, that's right, I'm not going to get hurt today. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, he's, he's a young footballer, and some of them have that as, like, you need to be hip and shouldered or tackled and realize, oh, yeah, no, no, I remember this. We're all right. I'm not going to die. Yeah. Because when you see someone like a Tex Walker coming at you, you think, fucking hell, this can hurt. His application, his willingness to go when it was his turn – was really heartening. He only had, as I said, the 12 touches, but he had some nice moments. Yep. And he's then, running his bag off, let's be honest. He's, and then he's... my last chicken salad was tackling numbers. We were shit house, no question, but this is real heartlet handball area uh, mm-hmm. areas for those who remember that. I think, what was it? We had 75 tackles for the night, which t- was 20 up on our season average. Against the GWS, our tackling was disgraceful. So the ball was in dispute or they were getting on top and we just weren't getting hands to them. At least on Thursday night, like there was a few guys that had seven and eight tackles. But geez, we 
we missed. Yeah, but mate, we didn't hold mate, some tackles. Mate, we went through it against GWS. We had sixteen players who laid one or fewer. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I so, get it. from that point of we've view, we've got to learn. Thank Christ, we tackled better than we did in that game. Exactly. If we'd right. have tackled that, that'd way, be a hundred point third, loss. It, it's a very soft, gooey yeah. chicken salad. Not an impressive one. No, there was absolutely no dressing on this chicken salad. No, very dry, very uninspired. <laughs> uh, chicken shits, the start, just horrendous, just bad. It was disgusting. We've spoken about it a lot. Our stoppage <laughs> game, we were beaten uh, 12-18 at centre bounce. We were plus five in total, but for absolutely zero return. Correct. And, that, and that, that number is a we raw did. number. Because yeah, as you say, you can get it, but what do you translate it to? That, and, that, and that's your challenge. People look at that and go, oh, we were, you were plus five, you were plus five. Oh, so people oh. were doing that last year and when they said, we won the hitouts. Fuck, I don't give a fuck if Pitnett's won the hitouts, mate. He's hitting it to nobody. Right. <laughs> so... We actually missed his physicality to try and Was he sub some... tactically? No. No, no. He, he clashed heads and he opened up the, the eyebrow Concussion. on uh, O'Brien and he must have failed the HIA. Things were bad early. Is like HIA head is that a injury, sponsorship thing? Head or is that... injury assessment. Okay. Um, things were bad early in that ruck matchup. And so let's not act like Pitto was on top when he went down. Not at all, but that body we needed. But it went bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, plus five in total clearances, but get nothing out of it. That number is so misleading. Don't. Don't buy the hype that the number itself is fine. It's not. Some will. Um, defensive shape and application was absolutely horrendous. This is a midfield transition thing as well. But their efficiency once inside 50 was, uh, compared to ours, was astounding. I think they were 7% up on their season average. We were 9% down on yeah, our yeah. scoring efficiency inside which, which 50. Which tells you why it was 56 They scored points. at 64%. Yeah. That is ludicrous. Yes. What were we, 17 or something? Oh, whatever. And we actually had more inside 50s as well. So we won the inside 50s. That's scary. Ridiculous. Forward of the ball, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Fab. We can't contract or expand the field when we need. So there's either not enough space when we're trying to attack into a wall or the occasions when we do go forward, there's nothing ahead of us. Yep. We don't move. And you sort of go and – We're like, like the fielders in test match. <laughs> you, you kind of set it and that's it. So we had the, the transition out where Harry ends up kicking the goal. So Charlie gets it to Harry. It was those two and those two alone. You kind of go and, well – Harry has to kick the goal from 50 because there's nothing else on offer. And this last one is a chicken salad, which I do feel a bit bad. Chicken salad. A chicken shit. I do feel about bad individualizing. And I would name names whoever it was that did this. But I thought it summed us up. It was the second quarter. We were making a little bit of a run on. We got ourselves back into the game just a little bit. Ball goes in deep. Charlie Sharkerno's running back to goal and he goes one-handed for the mark. Yeah. Yeah. It, It... Summed up the attitude. Your, I think Ricky went with his right hand. Yeah, your yeah. left hand's the same length, your left arm. Yep. Um, this idea that he's reaching, going... It was in the goal square too. It was in the goal square. I absolutely hated it. And I made the note here we've spoken about, I thought it was a microcosm of mentality. It was a microcosm of not crossing I's and dotting T, uh, crossing T's mm. and dotting I's, sorry. And I, I had the thought... Do they challenge each other enough? I've told the story before from that fantastic Mets doco, um, the 86 Mets doco. Was it Once Upon a Time in Queens or something or whatever, Flushing or whatever it is? Fucking brilliant 30 for 30. And there's the great story where they're in the clutch game and Keith Hernandez is on the first base and the pitchers throw an absolute shit and they're getting hit around and the game's getting a bit tight. Keith Hernandez in, in He was. Yeah. And uh, Keith Hernandez walks out to the mound and tells his pitcher, tight game, things are loose, getting, you know, they're, they're conceding runners on base and it's going down to the wire. They should be closing the game out. And Hernandez walked out and goes, if you throw another fastball, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. I like it. He just went, if you throw another fastball, because we're going to fight. 
And you just went, fucking A. I would have gone up to Charlie and said, if you fucking do that again. It's the Phil Neville step over. It uh, is. It uh, is. I would have just gone, I would have, would have said to him, just going, stop if you fucking ever, about. If you ever fucking go one handed for a mark like that when we need you to kick a goal, that's not fucking good enough. Yep. That's fair enough. And I mean, the conversation that, 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 that has to be the standard. But the conversation doesn't need club. to be more than that, Tim. The conversation <coughs> doesn't need to be a five minute back and forth. Yep. It's just if you ever go one handed again. One guy that I, again, not potting because I do love him, but I thought he had bad moments in the game. And he, again, wasn't Daniel LaRusso here. There's a few times when Lewis Young gets caught under the ball by about half a step. And he's and he's tall. He's tall. Usually mm. going to be taller than his opposition, but he's really reaching to take that market full stretch. And he ends up being. He's almost trying to market behind him. So sometimes when he's he's gotten that front position, and he gets hands to it, he doesn't take it. He just has to find a way to take that mark so that we're not creating further opportunity at the feet of that contest. And similarly, there was a couple of moments when he was playing from behind, and he needed to have attacked. Body and, spoil. And, and kill the contest, yeah. And, and look, he's a lighter frame, he's taller, he's not as But he's generally gross. not afraid of the contest. No, he's not. He's not. It just, he, where whether he was, he was a step off or whatever, I don't know. But there are a couple of moments where what got, I wanted got to body, see from body him, body I didn't see. Yeah. Dotting and eyes. Tex is a star. Te- yeah. Tex. Yeah, but you know what? You've got to know. Okay, the first time, you fool me once. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Don't go body to body with him. He will maul you. Yeah. Dotting eyes, crossing tees. What about um, and this is again off balance, under the ball, whatever. Tommy hit the fucker over the behind, over the oh, goal line. Well, that's when I texted and said, "That's when you need Matthew Cruiser." We've said it hit before. The, he was the king of knocking doing? it through. Yeah, that that was a howler on a night that was just. Oh it was, my god! It was god. a bad night, and yep. that probably typified. If it's it. easy enough to tap it in front, tap behind, Tommy. Yep. Injuries, like unbelievable. Injuries will see him retain his spot. But Jack needs a spell. He looked better up the ground and involved, but he's just he's, he's off. Well, when we were under siege, he ended up in the back line and he did a couple of things. Yeah. He didn't, no, like, didn't actually everyone, look too bad. Everyone's got this, yeah. everyone's got this itch for him to play in defence. Oh, I don't like want Because no, 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 his old man him. played in defence. No, he never played in defence. Yeah, yeah. that, that's not what he I want. He looked better but up the ground, yeah. out of the forward line, but he's... Oh, even when he's got the ball, he, Jack's a beautiful kick of the foot. He's just he's shanking everything. Well, but, the, well, the other thing was on a night where we weren't clean with the footy and, and picking up the ball seemed it difficult for us. Wasn't for Adelaide? Adelaide wasn't. Yeah, um, Sauce was one of the guys who was at least clean by hand and getting it up off the deck and feeding it to others. So again, on a night where not a lot went right, there was still a couple of things that Sauce did okay too. Just on Silvani, I love that rationale. Play him in defence because. Steve played in defence. You know, well, by that reckoning, Steve should have played on the ball. Yeah. Well, that's because his no, old man was a ruck Bang on. Um, the next segment for us is should be a short one. If we're not unanimous on this, I'm going to lose the plot. This should be... Can I go with it? This should be a two-word conversation. The SI Morales Memorial Buster Nut Trophy winner for Round 5's debacle against Adelaide is... Holly Hollands. Holly yes. Hollands. <laughs> Thank Christ. Because <laughs> I'm going, I've only got one God. name in mind. <laughs> it is Holly Hollands. Excellent stuff indeed. We don't even need to discuss that further, <laughs> which means we're moving on to the mailbox. Japan-themed mailbox. Someone sent us a message. 
Japan themed. Yeah. You've got mail. Forza Nippon. Um, Forza. <laughs> Forza. It's Japanese for what, Tim? What? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, what is what is Japan in Italian? Japone. Japonese is Japanese. Japone. Um, thoughts are Dr. Pepper. with a G, I'm assuming. Dr. Uh, Pepper, probably. obviously a friend of Tim's. Uh, thoughts on Nick Newman's interview about the game. Spot of the alumni. <laughs> to me, he was almost saying that apart from the first quarter, they were ready for the game. The standards throughout the game were poor, and I'm not wanting to look too deeply into his comments, but I am. Shrug. I think that's an excellent point because Voss said something very similar, so clearly that's what he said after the game. Voss said uh, in the press conference that the two and a half quarters after quarter time were better and blah, 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 blah. So that's obviously something he said after the game because Dr. Pepper here has mentioned that Nick Newman regurgitated that sentiment. That's that is a concern. Yep. That's an enormous concern. Well well, as you say, to to try to try and take anything meaningful out of the game after that point. I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, when you do stand there at quarter time and you say, This is where we're at, this is now what I want to see you do and all that sort of stuff. You're, you're laying down the challenge to your players and saying, this is what I want to see. So I guess you can measure it and say, did they do what I wanted them to do from that point moving forward? So I, I guess I guess you just can't be... Look, I'm not taking a lot of stock in it, but, but at least Voss, from a coaching perspective, if he said, do this, and if he's been satisfied enough with what they've done from a style perspective... Okay, if you want to take that as a positive, do it. But and, and I've listened to fuck all because my interest in wanting to listen to it was also fuck all. Yep. Um, geez, I hope he talked about a lot of negatives because there was boatloads of them. Azza, can you talk about something else this week? We did for the first half an hour of the show. <laughs> um, look for another one. Josh Reby, when was the last time we made statements at the selection table? It may be a temporary setback to do so but we need to reward effort in the twos and give some blokes a spell. Can't expect responses from players if we don't. We've spoken about this. Not enough of our players play with Jeopardy. Not enough of them no, play in Jeopardy. No, it's, it's, Not enough, and we mentioned Paddy Dow, and I know that we get people have a crack at us for it. And the fan base is sort of evenly split between shut up, stop talking about it, never going to play, and yeah, you're right. It, this, it seems to be one extreme or the other. Do you want to have a bit of a laugh? Sure. Tony. Obviously, you can't you, you can't pronounce a lot of names. Obviously, we've got you know Mitch McGavin, but he can do Dow Price, Paddy Dole, really Paddy Dole, Paddy <laughs> D- Tony. Stop with the Dole. But then he'll go when I tell him when I pull him up, I go Dad, and he'll go, Oh Dow, is that better? <laughs> Overpronounce, but Dole, he just can't get. But the point the point we spoke about it like we spoke about it last year is George Hewitt's not right. Now, Kennedy's not right. Don't play players who aren't right. Who aren't right. Yep. If you've got a guy there who is, people might not like to hear it. He is in good form in the twos and everyone around the club knows it. And what you're creating there, I said it before, is that two-tiered selection thing where players aren't dumb. They might sometimes act dumb. Mm. But if they're looking at this going, fucking Dowie's like in the top two or three players in the VFL, has been now for one and a bit seasons, never gets a game. And and the reality is, at the end of the season, we traded Will Setterfield to another team for a fourth round draft pick. 
He's joined that team and he's been a really capable addition to what they're doing. If you play guys in the positions that they play and you've rotated a little bit and you get to be able to show what they're doing, Paddy Dow may not be in a navy blue jumper next season, but when he does move somewhere else, you actually might get that little bit more yep. if you're actually showing what he can do at the highest level in the weeks where it's the right move for us. We're not advocating that he's going to be in the midfield from now to the end of the season, but there comes a time Selection when integrity, you, you need to deploy him. I think I think he needs to be deployed now. You've got to reward repeated efforts. You have to reward because you can't be – people might scoff. It creates resentment if like, like Brody Kemp was okay last night. And it creates resentment if a guy's been good to better than that for a long time and blokes that have put one or two games together that are okay start getting elevated. Get, go ahead of you. It yep. starts creating resentment in the group because yep. there are clicks in the group. Of course and there, there would be people who are really good mates with Paddy. Every workplace is the same. 100%. I mean, you're not mates with all the people at the post office in Templestone. Certainly not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Walsh and Sticks, we have a bunch of introverts. Is Vossi capable of imprinting his personality on them? We spoke at length about this a bit earlier, Walshy, didn't we? Just to, look, at the moment, the answer appears to be no. Yeah, but then as you say, how do you see it? How do you see it and how do you know? Well, I think we're seeing it. I think we're seeing that we have a bunch of introverts and over the course of now two pre-seasons and a season a bit, once we got rocked at that bye last year, we've just, we've just gone a bit jelly-legged. But Scott Pendlebury's an introvert and it doesn't stop his output. Like... Whatever you are as a person. Yeah, but the whole group isn't. Mm. What balances that out? Like, Sidebottom probably is in yeah. terms of – but they have they have character and strut and fizz and pop about them, yeah. whereas we don't. More pop. David Red – what was that? We need more pop. We do need more pop. David, David Redbear. David Redbear. Have we gone backwards from last year? If so, why? Absolutely we've gone backwards. It's an extraordinary concern. Why? Jesus Christ! There's a number of things. I think recruiting was an issue. I, I didn't think. I don't think we hit recruiting hard enough. Um, I don't think we're fit enough. I don't think we've worked on the mental aspects of the game. I don't think. I think we've pulled the wrong rein when when it comes to patterns of ball movement and the way we want to play the game. Um, there is a greater level of success from other teams that are playing a different style of football to us. Who right started now. behind us? Well, there's that too. Uh, M. But, but that that that. Switches switches and changes as the season goes along. Maybe things will realign and it'll favour us. It's I don't a shootout at the Adelaide Hills. Is it? Is it really? Who's playing? North Melbourne five straight. Brisbane far uh, four straight. Shit. See Brisbane are just sorry. North credit to them. Just playing caution to the wind. And come to play. Come to play. Come to play. Out we come. Out, Out we come. come. Out we come, come to play. play. Come on, the Kangas. Hey, come on, the Kangas. The Kangas and the Kangas. We didn't do it last week out of respect to our Fab. <laughs> we needed Fab to do it. Uh, M, will, will, uh, will we again be beaten but we know beaten by what we know next Sunday against the Saints or will we manage to pull a rabbit out of the hat and outcoach Ross the boss? M, Ross is going to do the biggest fucking number on us since Fred Astaire. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be brutal viewing. <coughs> going to be better than the opening one of the opening scenes at uh, in um, Indiana Jones. Uh, oh yeah, 
um, Temple of Doom. Yeah. Anything goes. Yeah, that's it. That's Absolute it. classic. <laughs> There'll be ice and... That's when he gets poisoned. Yeah, pour, the, pour the antidote. The great, the one of the great cold Diamonds and... Laoshe Airlines. <laughs> nice try, Laoshe. <laughs> one of the best cold opens in cinema history. Absolutely. Because you're coming in, it's the sequel to this unbelievable movie and yep. it's, it's the new adventure and... It's something. So it's, life is a cabaret. <laughs> no, but and I think too, it's this exciting kind of thing of like it's it's nothing like what you would expect. Yep. This new Indiana Jones film. I remember my my dad told the story that um, his dad, so grandpa saw it. So it came out in nineteen eighty four, and that was in the day where it probably came out in the middle of the year in the in the US, obviously. And then we would get it like four or five months, months later. later. We would get it months later. Yeah. We might get it six months later, but you would hear the buzz. And Dad told the story that Grandpa saw it on a plane. He was he was going somewhere, and Temple of Doom. This was before it had been released in Australia, and he they sort of said, "Oh yeah, how was the trip?" Whatever. He goes, "Oh, I saw the new Indiana Jones," and they were all spewing, like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Yeah, it was on the plane." And I watched it. He goes, "Oh, what was it like?" He goes, "Yeah, and I liked it." Una ma kalima. And the guy's like, on the cage. <laughs> and then he rip his heart out with his hand. Yeah, he ripped did. it out through yeah. the chest. Yeah. He tried to do that to Indy. A little bit dark. A little bit dark. Yeah. But, mo- uh, monkey brains. Good movie. A great movie. You know what I like about it? And we, we've spoken about this in the past. I know we have. But I like that. So we make a sequel. Don't just. What we do now is you just make the same movie. Yeah. Mm. Whereas that was nowhere near the same. It was a completely no. different movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Empire was a completely different movie to A New Hope. Yep. It's like we're going to make a sequel and it's going to be different. Yep. And it's then bo- it's actually ballsy. It's so to do ballsy. It. Yeah. And a lot of people sort of a lot of people go to obviously Raiders or Last Crusade. But I, I've always appreciated I love Ra- um, Temple of Doom. I've always appreciated that it's. I don't necessarily like it as much as I like the other two, but I sure like around. I like that it's different. Yeah, well, I, I saw Temple of Doom before I saw Raiders. Well, that's, that's fine because it's, actually a, pre- it's was, actually a prequel, Tim. It takes place before Raiders. Well, it does too. But it was. Um, but I was eight in 84 and I was at exactly the right age to be able to see a movie like that and have short rounded and all that. There was so much for a, a person so of my age. so much colour and character. I grew up. It was everything, sorry. It was Temple everything those old classics like. So much more enjoyable to talk Indiana Jones than the Carlton football. But like the, the old um, like the old James Bond films, they, they really struggle to do this now, clearly. But the old James Bond films and then Indiana Jones came along as well. And what they did really, really well was that they actually become like travel films. Mm. So you think about Dad, like he was born in 1956, and he goes, oh, I remember, you know, you'd go see, you'd go see Goldfinger. Yeah, like, and he goes to, he goes to America. And they're in they're in Kentucky, and he goes like you know, or you know from Russia with love. He goes he goes behind the Iron Curtain. He goes is it was this that goes to Barbados or you know the Bahamas and stuff like that. He goes there were these fantastic globe trotting adventures. As we said, he goes in Indiana Jones. You're, very few big, big, big films went to India. Went to India, yeah. So you'd see this different culture, and people have got problems with the uh, monkey brains and all that kind of stuff. But I love it, and the snakes. There's then a they great. There's slice a great. the belly and all the other little snakes come out. There's the great yeah. moment where he goes, when, when Willie, um, what's her name? Willie, I was going to say Willie Nelson is not uh, yeah. Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, Willie, whatever the fuck her name is, Kate Capshaw's character, mm-hmm. annoying, but oh, incredibly, uh, that was shrill, her role very to be shrill. annoying. 
But, you know, the bit where Indy's in the tomb and he's like, we are going to die. Yes, yes, great line. Just brilliant. Classic film. We had Temple of Doom on v- – like Dad obviously recorded it off Channel 9. You didn't just get them like everyone else did at McDonald's? No. Oh. So Dad had – so I grew up with that and I hadn't seen Raiders. So I, I like you, saw Raiders. Because you, you grew up with what you had. Like what you recorded off the TV is what you had. So we had – yeah, things like that, kickboxer, all that we had. Weird, Rocky two, three, four. <laughs> I hadn't watched one until after I'd seen four. That's hilarious. What um, a movie! But then you go to your cousins; they'd have a different set of movies. Like they had like Romance in the Stone and all that. Yeah, cool. and they oh. had they had Temple of Doom. Yeah, sorry, they had Raiders. Raiders. That's so, a, that'd be funny. It's, it's that moment of like, there's another one. I. It's like yeah, there's another one. We I went. went to, I remember because my parents had a massive fight. Um, we went to Movie Land in Thomastown, and so Saturday night, pick a movie. Mum goes, "How long are you going to be?" Dad gives her the whole twenty minutes. So Mum goes, "Just so I know how long." And he went and saw a movie, so, <laughs> so she can she could get dinner ready. We were in Movie Land for about two and a half hours. I'm convinced. Dad used to walk and read the back of every video, and I was walking. That's why I remember the day. But then I remember, I was. Dad said, you can pick two weeklies. All right? <laughs> the so, old shit ones. Right. Herbie goes bananas. <laughs> I didn't know. Obviously, pre-internet, all of a sudden, my favourite movie growing up has always been Back to the Future. Yeah, of course. There's a, there's a part two? And I just remember lo- looking at it, and I remember viv- shaking. There's a part two. There's a part two. Bang! We're getting this. And then I went back to dad, all right, I want this. Yeah, but where are the other ones? Because you know how you got like three little... Yeah, seven for seven or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Go back. Shit, I'm watching this eight times, dad. I'm convinced <laughs> we were there for two and a half hours and mum lost her shit. I used to work at a video shop. There used to be the guys that would, um, they'd do the seven for sevens, but they'd get the adult videos. And they'd, oh always, God. they'd always be like one random outlier, like flatliners. <laughs> And then six pornos. <laughs> be, like, be like, just mate, if you want the seven pornos, just fucking grab just them. do it. Just do like, it. There's no judgment here. There's no judgment here. And there was also like, the movie wasn't out yet, but it was like a precursor to, um, you know, this is the end, where it's like, mate, it's like the internet. Mm-hmm. The internet is a thing. Yeah. You don't need to be hiring these. Yeah. Just grab yourself a unlimited plan, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> and be, you, you, you become, are blockbuster and become Quagmire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to go one more? One more. One more. One more. One more. One more. Uh, Craig Foster, not that Craig Foster, because Craig spent a lot of time out around the he corner. He did. Here. He did. Yeah, campaigning for the the refugees, of course. Yes. Um, locked up in Fab's uh, office. That was you personally locking them I up. I personally locked against them up. Their, their, against their will. <laughs> you know, once George was in the gym. And they said, oh, you got to go out because it's the hour that they go. George is like, I haven't finished my set. <laughs> so he goes, no, you don't understand. They've got a specific hour that they get daily for their exercise or whatever. You must leave. Why does it matter? We'd be like, well, who cares? Yeah, no, no, you weren't allowed to interact. Because they care. Who? The refugees. They don't want you to throw, th- throw your freedom in their face. I think the refugees would like to see a different face. And I have, well, who are you? Is this worth yeah. my time? What is it like out there? You're a local. And, you know, that'd probably be information they'd like to have. 
But Craig Foster, how long is Fisher able to get a game after six-plus years with zero intensity for the ball or his opponents compare his game to the Crows players in similar positions? It was not good. When you are Patrick Cripps' best mate, bad thing. you are going to get taken care Preferential of. Preferential treatment. Yep. Yep. That's just part of life. We had we had Bree Davies' girlfriend on the list for for two years, yeah. and she couldn't kick a football. Well, and I think I think the reality is, um, when you are a finisher by trade, and that's what your strength is, when you've got it and you're using it, and we have ascendancy, you are always going to look good. When we are getting dead set butchered, that footballer ain't turning it around. So, I, I, while I agree with everything being said. I reckon whatever your expectations are for Zach Fisher probably just need to change. But as we do say, he is the catalyst. But I guess the challenge is, is he finishing it when we're doing well or is he starting it? No, he's not and starting then it. Finishing it. Definitely and he, and clearly it. he ain't starting it. Josiah Raincloud times. Do either of you have one for me? I have one. Oh. I have one. It's not only a Johnny Raincloud. I'm going to be a Johnny Raincloud. Like it. Gather round. Okay. Got no time for it. Um. Got no time for it. I'm not. I'm sort of agnostic about. I'm sort of not for or against. What if we'd won? Still don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I'm not. I'm not for or against. I don't have a strong and opinion. And why isn't Adelaide playing Port Adelaide at the MCG this round? Why are they getting extra home games? Because we're gathering I'm in Adelaide. Toss bag. Why don't we Dickhead. gather at Princess Park on Tuesday afternoon? Um, yeah, look, I get where you're coming from, but at the same we time... We can gather and they can leave. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm sort yeah, of like, yeah, just, it's no. okay. No. I, I think that what I don't like about it is it starts this tedious conversation about moving the grand final. Yeah. It's like, no... Yeah, well, no, we can move the grand final when Adelaide build a 110,000-seater stadium. I'm all for moving the grand final. Look, gather round is a novelty. Like, we have weeks for this, weeks for that, all that sort of other stuff throughout the year. Is there going to be a gather round uh, medal? You know what's actually grown Probably on me? Not. The name, too. Yeah, yeah no, it's, like, it's fantastic. Like, like, it started off as a gimmick. Like they, a, were, they would have sat in a room <laughs> and saying, what are we going to call it? And somebody would have said, it's gather round. No, it was on, I'm pretty sure it was I'm on social media. I'm convinced they're, they're missing... A, what's his name? Apo- I reckon if they had the... An apostrophe. Apostrophe. Gather t- round. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I just, it's that, I've told the thing before, but Bill Hader, when he was roasting James Franco, and it's like, you know, well, he's got a younger brother. Yeah, what's his name? Dave. I can imagine, like, we're having this round. It's, you know, everyone's going to get together. What are we going to call it? Gather round. And someone's gone, that's actually not bad. It's not bad. It's actually, if I was the NRL, you'd be like, fuck. How do we yeah. miss this? What do they yeah. call it? Magic Ma- round. Magic round. You'd be yeah. like, shit. Yeah, we, 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 we missed a trick here, boys and girls. <coughs> Tim? My, yep. my Johnny Raincloud comes care of um, pod favourite, Jay Hyatt. Okay. Who I was point- wondering where his shout out was going to no, come no, from who, this week. Yeah, yeah. just who, who pointed out um, as part of gather, gather Round, they were looking to... Uh, plug and recognise South Australia's best footballers. Mm-hmm. It's Malcolm Blight. Uh, you're probably right. It could be Russell Everett. Um, no, I didn't do anything outside of SA. No, and that's 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 the difference, isn't it? But they nominated seven players and then threw in another. And Jay, and I think quite rightly and reasonably, 
What does Craig Bradley have to do to get a nomination as one of the best South Australian footballers of all time after 375 AFL senior games and 98 senior games in the Doesn't he play like 500? No, he would have been 473. But then when you throw in state games and all that sort of stuff and not games. I'm always loath to count those. They always count like international rules games and it's like, uh, how far are we going with this? Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, this is Kinger's sixth round in charge at GWS. And I think when you counted all of his fifth round, would it? Night game. Well, oh yeah, fifth. Sorry, you are absolutely right. I've jumped. I've jumped one ahead. Um, we've played five. Um, they haven't. Um, he needs to uh, be in charge for seven to rack up two hundred official AFL games, and at which point he life gets membership. he gets a life membership. So I'm pretty sure they're going to give him those games, Tim. I think his three year contract will see him through <laughs> round seven. See to that point. No, I I, I agree with that. I think. I've long said that Stephen Coonahan is the most disrespectful, disrespectful, disrespected is not the right word, underappreciated. Yep. I think Coonahan is the most underappreciated, underrated legend of the game for what he was, what he represented, his record. I think that he's the total package and he's an afterthought. You know, when people talk about that era, it's always – Oh, you think about the forwards that dust, uh, dusted Fletcher had to play on and the list of the players he had to go up against every week. It was the Lockets and the Dunstals and the Modras and the Sumiches. And I'm going, Kernahan, <laughs> Kernahan. And it's just absolute shit. And it's the same thing. They talk about the great forwards of that era and it's like sticks. Just kicked a thousand goals. Any, well, no, he didn't kick a thousand goals. He kicked 266 with Glenelg. Oh, yeah. That's what it was, 7.38? He kicked 66 goals for South Australia. It was 7.38 for us? He, he kicked 10 in a night game. 1983? No, I reckon it was 84. Well, I don't care. But I, but he would have done. He would have been 20. 20-year-old 20 kid kicking 10 in a state of origin game. Well, see, that was the night too that like the Vicks rolled over there. Just it was 84. Thoroughly, thoroughly underprepared. It was the Foss Williams medalist. There we go. Oh, so we didn't want to turn right. that into a story about... Um, Sticks, but no, no. I, I think that I think let's honour the man. I think that Brattles, while he's still living and, and, and breathing, and he won't win it. He he won't be the best South Australian player, but I think the contribution list. needs to add him to the shortlist. He needs a statue at Icon Park. Brattles, let, let, let's lobby for that. No, sticks. no, Sticks absolutely sticks, does, absolutely. and they need to do it whilst he's coaching. That's what I'm saying. While whilst he's, he's with it, whilst he, which he clearly is, yep. whilst he's all of those things. What we, we've spoken about this in the past. Why wait till someone's dead? To do anything that honours them. Did you there see was, my photo with him a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I did. And I also read the text underneath that and you've been quiet. We'll say slack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very. Yeah. Um, my Johnny Rain Cloud is people who park right next to you when there's lots of vacant car spots. Maybe they've got – when I come into an empty car park – Don't use me as a reference point for where to park yeah, I Generally, I'll, park, I'll get out of the car and go, Jesus Christ, this is nowhere near being straight – Properly centred into the space. like. So you- I went to the shops last night and there was only a handful of cars down at the IGA in Warrandyte. Yep. There's only a handful of cars in the car park. It's not a big car park. Sneaky Ming's run. What you there was a Ming's run. But the idea was that so people had parked staggered like car space, car space, car space. This was all agreed upon. There were lots of vacant spots beyond me. I just tacked my car onto the line. And then when I get back, a guy's parked right next to me. What an arsehole. Next spot along, dickhead. Was, was, was he at least on your non-driver's side? Yeah. Well, that's all right then. But the point is... It's not a urinal. 
No, but don't park. You don't need to park next to me. Urinal. Why are you that's a hard and fast rule. It's like when you I get on a right. bus. If someone stands next to you at a urinal and like, and there's a whole line available, just turn around and piss on them. That's it. Just, 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 just do a you know ninety degree a... turn and stare at them while you pee down their leg. You know when you get on a bus and you sort of it's very early in the journey and you each. I haven't been on a bus since nineteen ninety nine. You queue. You sort of go. You don't remember you, Timbo. So you got both sides of the bus and then there's <laughs> empty. Nineteen sixty four. It's with Rosa Parks. It was. It's empty, and then the idea is that okay, I take the first spot, yep. and then the next person in takes their own little row, and so forth. Until there's no double ups. Correct. Yes. Until there are no double ups, and then the first person on after that has to then make the call. Who's the first double up? Yeah, that's how it works. Can't sit here. <laughs> yeah, Forest. You can't do that. This is like that. If I sat on the bus, seats taken. <laughs> why are kids so mean? Exactly. Right. Look, so I sit down. Yeah. Don't come and sit straight next to me. Yeah. No, it's not how this works. You take an empty spot. That's a very good, Johnny Rainclad. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excellent. That brings us to a close. Um, nothing more to add? Oh, Another review? No. Thank no, no. God that's done. This week's uh, printed DJ, I was actually torn between a couple of songs by this artist. So that's, it's, I've got a couple of pronged um, printed DJ question. So not only do you have to guess the theme of this week's song as per a normal printed DJ, but I was actually thinking about a couple of other songs by this artist that could potentially have been used in its place. So if you're a fan of this band and would like to have a crack at, was it two, was it three? There was a couple of other songs I was thinking could maybe have gotten a run by this band. Yep. All right. I look forward to it. Timbo. Always a pleasure. Bring the heat, Blues. Fucking come on. For Baganoush. Arrivederci ragazzi. Happy Easter to all the Orthodox people out there. Whatever. And for me, thank you very much. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>